awesome. Well, we are live, everybody. Welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. Happy and blessed Sunday, blessed feast of the Assumption to everyone. We are having our Chosen of Valhalla live stream. This is the August Chosen of Valhalla live stream, which was supposed to be last week, but because my voice was essentially non-existent, I didn't think that I could uh, keep up conversation for the... You know, usually like three to four hours that sometimes we can go with these streams because we just have a lot of fun. And uh, thank you again to my chosen both present and on the way or might be coming down the line uh, to this specific stream for your patience and your ability to be flexible. And so we'll go ahead and introduce and shout out my chosen. We'll start off with the wonderful and the beautiful, the incredibly talented Rosetta Allen. Rosetta, how's it going? work had been all over the zoos botanical gardens and other stuff lately so moving constantly <laughs> okay so a lot of movement and i i figure a lot of this is for the eagles project that you've been working on in general um eagles i just gotta have my husband help me actually write up how to launch the campaign page because half of that business stuff just goes right over my head but i'm literally like looking at places to do test printings and stuff, finished up with the first of the two editions and almost finished with the second one. So. Okay. Awesome. I just didn't realize how much work went into photo books until I tried to do it all myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always interesting. Cause you know, whenever you go, even, even like a non-photo book, but just a book in general, you, you look at it and you're like, Oh, this just seems so simple. And then when you actually go to the process of either doing it, and trying to create it yourself or just finding out and, and just doing research on how these things come together, you start to realize, oh, man, uh, th these are a lot more <laughs> than, than what we would think. But it sounds like you've made a lot of progress. I remember last time you were able to show us actually a little bit of, of the program that you use and and the process that you're going through and also the uh, the progress that you've made on the project. And it's been uh, it looked pretty cool and it looked pretty close to completion. So since that last time we talked, how, how, how close are we? Really, I, I'm right now trying to pick a few printers to get test printings done, and I need my husband to help me figure out how to fill out all the stuff for Indiegogo. That's mm. where I'm mostly at right now, but um, I also did the Chosen I sent you, that black and white I was telling you about as you came on. Okay, cool. So, wow. Yeah, it's work, work, work constantly. It's been oh, all nice. over Kansas City, Des Moines, and different areas, doing all the zoos, aquariums, botanical gardens, and stuff, and hiking all over. So, busy girl. <laughs> nice, but a good busy. There are two different kinds because that's I had a good busy weekend myself. Like I was, I mowed the lawn and did yard work the other day. I did all the dishes. I was able to get some things done that my I know my wife wanted to get done around the house. So like uh, I was able to vacuum everything. And I know it sounds just kind of like mundane tasks, but when you actually like are motivated to do these things and it, it like it serves like a purpose, especially more so for you with this being an actual like passion project. Right. So it's one thing for me doing these mundane tasks around the house, but then for you to do these things, you know, all this work. But then also it's something that you're so passionate about as well. I can only imagine the amount of fun that you've been having with this project. It's a lot of work. Basically, the only part I haven't really enjoyed is trying to fill out all the little details and finish up the editing and Unfortunately, that's the part that I absolutely have to do because nobody else was there with me to take every picture, knows what was going on, where exactly I was and all that. So 
sending all that info to somebody would be as much work as actually just doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you again for, for joining us on this chosen stream. And we will, of course, we'll, we'll go through and, and talk about and plug these projects that you've been working on, especially this one, because I know this is a big passion of yours. So thank you for joining us again. We also have joining us today, the K-Man. How's it going, K-Man? Hopefully we got the audio uh, figured out. Hopefully so. Yeah, yep. there he is. <laughs> How you been doing, man? Uh, I've been doing pretty good. I'm keeping busy, trying to get everything squared away, down to the wire, moving here in the next couple of weeks. That's right. The big move coming up. It's uh, end of August or early September? Uh, August. As a matter of fact, it'll be... I'll be hitting the road a week from Tuesday. Oh, that's awesome, man. So how much more work you have uh, before you're ready to hit the road? Uh, pretty much as far as regular my job goes, I got four more shifts of that, which that'll come towards the end of next week. And then and as far as the moving itself goes, got a couple of pieces of furniture that I got to get rid of. And other than that, everything else is packed up and ready to go. Nice. Very cool. I know that you are probably getting really excited about this move for, for several different reasons. Oh, uh, yeah. And they just keep on making it even better and better as the days go by, coming up with more and more stuff that makes me happy to move from. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because you're in, you're in that West Coast area, which is right now, it's like West and East Coast. The, the far coast are the ones right now where some of the craziest stuff going on with the pandemic lockdown mandate stuff is happening. So you're, you're picking a perfect time uh, to get out, especially <laughs> before any crazy interstate travel laws get implemented, potentially. So you're, you're, you're right out there, man, and you're about to come to a state that is not as free necessarily as like a Florida, which is just on a not another level with their governor. But we're we're here in Tennessee. We're 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 pretty independent, and it's it's been a pretty good ride so far. Never had no problems with Tennessee. Uh, six years ago, I lived there, and uh, the only reason why I ever moved from there was an opportunity to work with somebody in a business and that fell through so i figured between that and everything else that's been going on i might as well be someplace that i prefer to be and like to be at absolutely absolutely you know it's it's one of those things where you you only go to places that are are questionable as far as policy and as far as just on the ground stuff if you're going because of of like a business move like it just makes sense to go for a connection or the only other thing that i can think of would be family like those are the only two reasons to go like the only reason why i ever would have even thought of staying in the city of new orleans has nothing, of course, to do with the city because, dear Lord, if you've ever lived there, it's, it's a great place to visit. And I know a lot of people, even Tina, of course, has had a lot of fun traveling to, uh, to New Orleans and, and, and having a lot of fun there. But to live there and to go through Mardi Gras season every year and just all of the chaos and nonsense, it's kind of almost like Chicago in certain ways. You know, you, you think about Chicago and all the madness going on. And it's like, you know, Chicago is, is you know, there's some, some stuff to visit when you're in the Chicago. There's some fun stuff to do there, but you wouldn't want to live there. Uh, and I feel like it's very similar uh, with, with New Orleans. But yeah, I feel like, you know, since I've been in the Chattanooga area, especially, it's just been so different, so unique. And it's just nice to be able to have such variety, I guess you could say. 
And so I'm glad that you're going to be very close in the area to me. I'd, I'd definitely be, uh, back to, I'll be like in between where you're at and Nashville. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's gonna be awesome, dude. So yeah, thank you for for jumping on and joining us. And I'm glad that the audio issue got itself sorted out. And we also have joining us today. She is the Empress of the Universe. She is also one of the best mods in the business right now at this moment. She is talking to everyone in the chat, saying hello, making sure everyone's doing fine, because that's just how awesome that, you know, that's just how awesome that she is. And that is, of course, the wonderful and amazing Tina B. Tina, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing doing well. Didn't sleep well last night. Hot, but mm. I'm here. I'm on my second cup of coffee, so it yeah, has. I'm sorry, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, I was just gonna so, say it's been yeah. it has been hot here recently because we're you know we're, we're we're not too close to each other, but we're we're close enough to yeah. where we have very similar weather patterns, and it's been really hot the last the last couple oh. weeks yeah it uh it hit 100 mm-hmm. the other day so that meant the heat index was even higher mm-hmm. and so i'm surviving it was funny yesterday because they were like oh no there's no rain in the forecast and then it rained for about 15 minutes that's so. right yeah i, I never i never look at those percentages anytime that they, they talk about like, those percentages i'm just like i'm gonna look at the radar and i'm gonna make my yeah. own decisions <laughs> Yeah, it just came out of nowhere. I was, I was like, well, I'm glad the DoorDash dude got my stuff delivered. For some reason, Total Wine is now using DoorDash. Oh. So I don't, I don't know why. But anyway, uh, hello everybody in the chat. If I don't say anything, yeah, Bruce is like, we're four hours from. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I've driven to Tennessee uh, when I did that forensic class back mm-hmm. in what was it, 2000. 2007, I think. And I rarely came back home uh, for the weekends. I would just stay in uh, Knoxville. And but I remember making those drives. And it was like, as soon as you went over the Kentucky border into Tennessee, it was just like going into a new world because you had all those beautiful mountains and everything. So Ah. <laughs> yeah because my yeah, wife like... did her grad program and and one of the schools it was there was a campus in kentucky and there was a campus i think it was in florida and she the only memory she has from her time in kentucky is just horses everywhere like that's that's her <laughs> memory of kentucky well, see, so. that's up in that's up in eastern kentucky because okay. they still have a lot of the horse farms and everything up around lexington but my area is just like it's if you want to call this metropolitan okay fine you know, whatever so but yeah after i when we didn't have the show last week i was sort of glad because i kind of plunged into a deep depression because cbs had announced that they had given alex kurtzman like a new four or five year contract oh, yeah. and i mean I already knew Star Trek was in a bad place, but it was like I heard that and it was just like I slammed into a wall. I was like, then Star Trek has no hope, you know, and everybody can sit around. I mean, I listened to what everybody was talking about. Me and Mexican Iron Man, he had already gone through a depression about He-Man and what Kevin Smith did to it. And then Star Trek on top of it, he was just like he was just bottoming out. And 
I was like, yeah, I know everybody keeps saying, well, Alex Kurtzman sells merchandise. And it's like, what merchandise? Who is wearing Star Trek Discovery Picard merchandise? Who is buying their crap Blu-rays and DVDs and everything? Nobody's buying that stuff. So, you know, fine. Sink it all. I, I think somebody on Midnight's Edge said that they think Paramount is setting themselves up for a sale. Kind of mm. like MGM. So it's like, you're going to tank another legacy studio. <laughs> I, I, I'm just, I, I, I don't even know where to go with that. I mean, yeah. we know that Kurtzman is one of JJ's acolytes. And of course, if anybody thinks it's going to get better over at Warner Brothers, oh, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Because mm -hmm. JJ's over there. Oh, he's taking over DC. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And how's DC they, doing they, right now? <laughs> yeah, well, you Snyder haters are going to be hoping he comes back when JJ gets finished because I keep saying, and I guess people keep ignoring me or they're not hearing it, he hired a freaking racist yeah. to do Black Clark Kent slash Black Superman. <laughs> At least Michael B. Jordan, he knows comic books because Oprah in one of her lame interviews, well, would you like to play Superman? He's black. And he said, well, there is a black Superman. He's on Earth, whatever number it is. And she sits there looking like the idiot that she is. Oh, I didn't know that. No, Oprah, you're an idiot. Just shut up. Let the man talk. So I'm glad Michael B. Jordan yeah, is doing the true yeah. black Superman. I'm glad that she, he is doing the true black Superman for HBO Max because that's going to be a punch in the eye to J.J. Abrams. I'm very happy for that. But no, the whole – it's just like, huh. But Oprah has a book club, okay. Tina. She has a book club. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I picked up a copy of Anna Karenina because it was a new translation. Had no idea that it was, oh, it's recommended by the Oprah book club. Oh, do you, yeah, yeah, that like, giant sticker on it. <laughs> the yes, giant... <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. This book has been around for years. I just want to read the new translation, which I'm glad I did. But no, I mean, now it's like Netflix with Avatar, The Last Airbender. Now, thank God the creators dropped out of the project a year ago and, and said, when this comes out, remember, we have no connection to this. Mm -hmm. Netflix would not listen to any of our ideas. That's because Avatar, The Last Airbender is being turned into a CW high school drama. That's not Avatar. So what you're saying is that people are going to be longing for the days of the last Airbender movie by oh, M Night yeah. Shyamalan Ding Dong. Yeah, we're all going to look back and say, "Hey, uh, compared to this crap, yeah, <laughs> uh, M Night M Night's movie is on Gone with the Wind levels, Citizen Kane levels." But yeah, at least I am so glad that the creators said, "No, we don't want anything to do with this. This is just like." Uh, the the Tolkien expert who left the Amazon series or got fired. And remember, I kept telling you all, there's too many bad reboot people attached to this mess. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, well, as long as JJ's, JJ's name is not on it officially. Yes, JJ's name is in there somewhere. He's got his finger somewhere. I keep telling you people, this is like the freaking Corleone family. JJ's the godfather. And then he's got his copper regimes and his soldiers down below him working for him. But they got to keep the godfather's hands clean. Are they killing people or just properties? 
Oh, we don't know. He's probably left properties. a couple of horse heads in people's beds. That's probably how he got in at Warner Brothers. Walter Hamada woke up, and here's a horse head in his bed, and he's like, oh, crap. Because <laughs> you know Hamada, yes, this is just coming out. I posted this on Discord, and nobody responded. I guess everybody went, oh, crap. <laughs> Walter Hamada was going to make James Gunn his right-hand man. Hamada's already on thin ice. Once that Discovery, because Discovery has taken over at Warner, because AT&T is like, we're washing our hands of it. We can't, we, we can't control any of this. So he was going to make James Gunn his right-hand man. Well, then bounding into comics and Mark, uh, Gospel According to Mark with a C, he covered the story in a video. Mr. Gunn's name has been mentioned in a lawsuit. I saw that. Yeah, I, I I saw that story pop up. Well, it's that one of those photographs. Me and yeah. Stephanie remembered it. Hi, Steph. <laughs> one of those uh, photographs where he's dressed as a priest. And you see somebody in a bunny rabbit outfit. I mean, it oh, looks like yeah, something yeah, from yeah, the freaking yeah. Shining. Yeah. Uh, a young woman now has filed a lawsuit, has named him in it because he hosted the party. And there was some, I would say, go watch Mark's video and it's like oh okay and this is the person walter hamada was going to make his right hand man of course then the suicide squad blew up in his face yeah and he's already he's already on thin ice but no i'm hoping discovery goes in there and cleans house and we got the whole the disney thing it's more interesting knowing what's going on behind the scenes at disney than it is watching their freaking movies coming out now, last night, Clownfish TV in one of their videos announced that, oh, Emily, I'm sorry I became an American and La La Land, Cruella, whatever her name is. They very quietly have decided they're not going to file a lawsuit. Yeah, that means Disney managed to scrape up enough money to pay them off. La La Land woman, she's getting her a Cruella 2. And it's like, oh, I'm sure that's going to go over as well as Cruella 1 did. I guess in Cruella 2, she's going to show us with her actually skinning the puppies this time. And then we all go, (laughs) and then Emily, I'm sorry, I became an American. Yeah. How will the Bungo Cruise do? (laughs) Idiot. It's going to get a sequel. But you watch her end up now that Scar (laughs) Joe has been blackballed from Disney. You watch Emily end up in that. Tower of Terror, or whatever it was, movie the ScarJo was supposed to do. Watch her end up in that. And I said, well, that's okay, because, I mean, she's done this Disney crap before. She tried to fill the shoes of a legend, Julie Andrews. How dare you? And uh, she can just bounce back and forth between uh, uh, crap new stuff and and Quiet Place. But honey, I've got a new Quiet Place script for you. This is Quiet Place number fifteen. Oh, joy! Oh, that's wonderful. I remember, I hate America. Other than that, you're doing okay, Tina. I'm doing fine. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Rosetta, I, I know that you were trying to you you're trying to get in a couple of those points. I know that you've been following the the Star Trek stuff as well. So um I want to give you an opportunity to 
JJ Satan and all that, but there's a whole other thing. It's he, anything he touches, it's either going to be lens flared to crap or go PC and woke and lie to every person who watches it. He's a freaking joke. He can't take a sense of humor. And remember, he's the one who went out and did the interview who literally complained about Phantom Menace and said, unfortunately, they're not just in Star Wars and all this stuff a couple of years back. And that's when he blocked my first Twitter account when I pointed out, because he put all that out and bragged about it, and then he tweeted out the interview where he said it, and I responded to it going, that you're right about that, because you also effed up Star Trek for us too, didn't you? <laughs> and apparently got blocked within a few seconds of saying that. Um, wow. Don't you love when big Hollywood types like take time out of their day to either troll fans or just block accounts? Like It's just hilarious when they do that. Freaking joke. He has no skill, no ability. The only reason some people think that his appearance in his artwork is any good is because there's so much light and lens flare. They can't actually see the details. <laughs> it's not highly detailed. It's not well done. It fails photography and filmography 101. It is horrible, pathetic, bad art. And that's coming from the photographer. Mm hmm. I say well, you I'm, I don't want to hear another thing about what well, J.J. has come out with a few good movies. Look, if you think Cloverfield is good, Cloverfield is a copy of every Alien Attacks Earth movie that we've ever seen. And Independence Day was still superior to yes. Cloverfield. Cloverfield is the one that was sued because he didn't notify people that it was full of strobes and it actually killed two epileptics. I did not know I that. I didn't even know about that. Oh, wow. And of course, what's that, this is what's that other, this is all, what's that other movie he did? This is the person bright colors around so people can't see what the hell's going on. That's JJ. That's all it is. And this was the other one he did, Super 8. Well, that was a ripoff of Close Encounters and E.T., but yeah. I'm sure his godfather approved of that. Well, I think Steven it was produced. Spielberg. I think he was an executive producer on that film. So, well, I don't care what he was. I mean, uh, he keeps trying to come up with this stuff and he just he he jumps from one thing to the other to the other. Has he ever completed? Well, no, I told Andrew, yes, he has completed one thing. He's got that ugly kid that he tried to shove off on Spider-Man. So he did complete something. <laughs> it wasn't a movie. It wasn't a TV series, but he completed something. Didn't he finish Lost? <laughs> Technically, no, too, much, too much controversy. That's the reason why, from what I heard, that was the reason why it was such a mess. That's the reason um, why the ending is considered one of the worst endings in the history of television. Okay, okay. Nobody, nobody even wants to be. Nobody <laughs> in the world wants to have a TV show that's considered that your finale was one of the worst in the history of television, which has been around for what sixty or seventy years. That how I met your mother's finale. Oh. And Dexter, I guess they're going to try to correct that because they're doing a new Dexter. Yeah. They do really horrific <sighs> endings and they try to fix it by just restarting the show like a decade later so they can come up with a new ending. It's like, give it up. You already effed it up once. So and we can accept it. said, Lost owes me minutes of my life. <laughs> you so did it horrible. You suck. You always suck. Give it up. You're... Just give it up and move on. Get a life. Seriously, why can't these people either make it right at the first time or quit remaking it five thousand times because they can't do it right once? They're 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 not they're not going to. I oh my gosh, I I'm I'm done. I'm sorry, but I've had a lot of pinup stuff and the Star Trek stuff that that just really that just really set me off. And to think JJ said, "Well, I'm not really a big Star Trek fan. I'm more of a Star Wars fan." Oh. What? 
God. He tried to take the lighthearted crap from Star Wars and throw it into a bad Star Trek with no intellectualism, which that is what Star Trek is. It was intellectual. It was less action, more based on discussion, social, political, theological things taken from a centrist point with respect to all sides. That's what Star Trek was. It was intellectual. It was never action-based. The fact that he couldn't even get that right shows how little of a fan he is and how dumb he is that he can't even research what he's making because he doesn't have the brains to read or watch something because he wouldn't be able to follow it anyways. Well, somebody asked me about Dexter and I said, (laughs) yeah, he's not going to be a lumberjack anymore. He's coming back, I guess. I just can't can't wait for them to to reboot Game of Thrones and uh, to try... (laughs) To try and fix that ending, but <laughs> I th- I think that I, I, I think that's unfixable. <laughs> my apology for the fact my camera keeps going out. I've only got one camera now, and it's a special autofocus one designed for artwork. The others all died, so um, and it doesn't focus well. And this is the I'm, best I'll get. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm done. Other than that, like my phone, my iPhone just up and died. It kept turning itself off and on, oh, off no. and on. But it was a used iPhone and. I just hunkered down, sacrificed, and went ahead and bought a brand new out-of-the-box iPhone SE second generation direct from Apple. And I'm loving it. Good. Love you, Tina, even if you did interrupt my rant. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, did I? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I did yours too, but you're better at doing it than talking. (laughs) Because we both are passionate about this, and it's so freaking ridiculous. Yeah. And JJ, I swear, this is like the Satan satanic grim reaper of anything good in entertainment he just goes through zap 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 here have some lens flares zap 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 you're dead zap 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 well as someone had did mention in in the in the chat <laughs> is it's gonna be a lively discussion today no it is because obviously there's a lot of stuff that's happened over the last month, and I think a big part of it, obviously, as, as Tina had mentioned, where about, about, you know, Kurtzman getting the extended deal, and obviously, Star Trek convention was also this week, by the way, shout out to, I saw him in the chat earlier, but Matt Vader, thanks for stopping by, man, he said, uh, make sure you come by Vegas next year, I, I don't know if I'd be able to make it work, because if it's going to be in the same time frame, so beginning of August, that's when we start school down here in the South, so unfortunately, that would not really be a... A possibility for me, but I uh, would love to do another. Hopefully, there's another meetup in another location, especially another time of the year. It'd be awesome if we could have it somehow um, in like the actual summer months of the South. But anyway, uh, let's go ahead and say hello to some people that, that are in the chat. As you can tell from the uh, scrolling thing down below at the bottom of the screen, it is indeed the Chosen of Valhalla stream. So I always will say hello to the people in the very beginning. And obviously, if throughout the stream, if there's a super chat or donation that comes through, I'll I'll shout that out when we have moments. But I do like to give my full attention to the chosen of Valhalla. And so just be uh, thank you for understanding of that. But let's go ahead and and do our initial shout outs of the chat. We got Bruce in the chat. What's going on, Bruce? Thank you very much for being here. Uh, I know there were some earlier chats as well. But as you all know, the, the thing that I'm using with Restream that I use to highlight message on the, on the screen. Uh, after a time, it starts to skip things. So Keely Chow is in the chat as well. Of course, Tina B, Empress of the Universe, modding today. We also got Stephanie B in the chat because we started a little early. Uh, she'll be able to be with the stream a little longer today. So Stephanie B, glad to see you here. Forest Ghost Jeremy, what is going on? 
Thank you for being here. We got Father Christopher Miller. Hail to you, Father. Thank you very much for being here. It says here that four days in Vegas led to $160 in resort fees. I don't know why, but if you mean like in addition to the actual yeah. stuff, because 160 for four nights in Vegas, like if that's just the hotel yeah. fees, that's not bad. Resort yeah, fees yeah. is literally just the fees they put on top oh. of the hotel cost. That's ridiculous. That's the like hidden cost when you book a room. So if the room says it's seventy dollars and you pay a hundred and ten, that's why. Oh. Fee. Hidden fees. See, I don't want to go to Vegas then because of that. For a lot it's of not reasons. It's Vegas. It's every hotel all over the country is doing that now. Oh dang! It's yeah. Any place that's popular, like Florida, uh, some areas in Texas, uh, California. Um, I didn't know about Vegas until Father said that, but yeah, they sneak in those resort fees, and then you wonder, well, why is my bill so high? And see, that's one of those things I always look for that fine print, because they'll even say, oh, well, that's so you can get your Wi-Fi for quote unquote free. And it's like, well, if you're, especially in Vegas, if you're not in the hotel the whole time, you wouldn't be using their Wi-Fi anyway. Yeah, ah, oh, it's so ridiculous. Uh, we got Fat Elvis who saw. Uh, Free Guy yesterday said it was pretty solid B-level film. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people saying some, huh. some positive things about it, um, which makes sense because it was a Fox property. So <laughs> it makes sense that, you know, a Disney film that's really not a Disney film because it's a Fox property that's been, you know, held over uh, is actually like compared to expectations. It's preparing. It, it's it's rather c- compared to expectations. It is actually performing better than the Disney properties, which have underperformed compared to expectations. So does that say something? I think it does. Alex McCarthy, what's going on? Welcome back to the chat. Glad to have you here as always. He's about to have a family lunch with pizza and extra pepperoni. Ooh, yes. You know that I'm always down for that. Keely Chow has an issue with Tennessee only because of football rivalry, which I understand. Makes sense. Uh, JKD Buck, what's up? Just says she rock. Indeed. Uh, Let us see. Who else is here? The Craig Lee Lawrence Experience. What is going on? Thank you for being here today. Uh, Stephanie B. rocking those clover leaves. Love it. Uh, There's Matt Vader's comment. Again, shout out to Matt Vader and the Salty Nerd Podcast. Y'all did an awesome job streaming from the convention. And it kind of goes back to one of the things I was thinking uh, when Tina was talking about Star Trek was how base I didn't watch a lot of the streams, but I was able to watch a few minutes here and there of their streams. And I didn't see anything that as far as like costumes and, and such, I didn't see anything that I didn't somewhat recognize, meaning I didn't see much of the new stuff uh, being represented as people dressing in that capacity or, or wearing T-shirts of the new stuff. So I think I'm, I'm not shocked. Yeah. I think it says a I'm lot. I'm not shocked at all. Yeah. And I I mean, I know that the official CBS shirt says like disco or disc or something because nobody sat in that creator's room if they have one and thought, oh, yeah, Star Trek Discovery, that's a great show and realized it would be abbreviated to STD. <laughs> nobody realized that. Or I mean, they I did. called it the first time I heard it, and I'm like, they actually named the show something that you could call it STD. So. Well, as Fat Elvis says, uh, or said earlier, it's dead, Jim. Yep. Yeah, it's it's dead, and we're into abuse of the corpse area, and that's illegal yes. in all states, I think. So they they need to just they need to stop. 
<laughs> Leave it alone. It's dead already. Uh, left cross. What's going on? Uh, awesome one. What's going on, dude? Thank you for being in the chat. Uh, by the way, also a shout out to, uh, let me just pull this up here. Because uh, Laura Story, I know that she is in the chat. So shout out to Laura. Thank you for being in the chat today. She had changed her name to uh, Tina Needs a Channel. Uh, I always love whenever Laura changes her name based on the, our conversations. And I, I still agree. And I still think that's a fair point uh, to be made. Because Tina, I think, would have a great channel. Uh, talking about Star Trek movies and history, etc. Also, uh, shout out to... Uh, Miss Martin Muses, who is messaging me on uh, on Twitter because she might be available today, potentially. Uh, so maybe she'll be able to jump in a little bit later. But a shout out to her because there are members of the Chosen Valhalla who who don't usually just have the time to be able to jump in. So uh, Mr. Roy as well. I know uh, he had mentioned, I think, that he was going to be working or had something else going yeah. on. So uh, Mr. Roy, shout out to you also. Good sir. And obviously, yeah, we'll have people possibly jumping in and out. There's Laura putting the fire next to Tina because Tina was on fire for sure. Games Repository, who says Tina needs to be on Friday Night Sites. If anyone is going to, I think, especially, you know, when we talk about like the abilities to rant, we have two people, I think, who could definitely go toe to toe with the likes of Ryan uh, because they are very passionate about their thoughts. And that would be Rosetta and Tina. I think either of them would would be able to go toe to toe with, oh, with those people. Oh, you mean bulldog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Against strong women, and yeah, you're what... sitting here, and we're talking over you completely, Ranty. <laughs> as I said, as I said, <laughs> I couldn't go toe. The only time I got close to was when we were having our disagreement over the Suicide Squad. That's about the closest uh, <laughs> that we ever got to that. Uh, CWD Trixie, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Um, let's see. Uh, Liquid Blake is in the chat. Gmonkey76 in the chat also. There it is with Tina Needs a Channel. There's the name change from Laura, uh, which is, again, awesome. Um, let us see. Who else? Who else has stopped by today? Oh, Alex McCarthy. Corella 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the movie that people want to see. Uh, ZK Man is also hanging out in the chat. Having a good old time there. Yeah, people love my facial expressions, especially even on, like, uh, not just on Chosen Streams, but also on Friday Night Tights, especially on Friday Night Tights, because a lot of things are said that are uh, inappropriate in nature, to say the least. And I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So people... Yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff I've said around you on some of the streams you've been on... I still remember when you came on my stream and you popped in the backstage literally as I was on an F-word tirade yeah. with a banner rolling with F Disney, F this, F this, F this, and stuff. And he stayed backstage like... I was just like, ah! What did I just join? I was like, okay, I'm going to say hi, and then... And then we calmed down and we talked with you and you hung out for a while. Yes. You had this look like, I don't know why I just came here. What the I'm, I'm is not going a, on? I'm not a fan of tension. It's not, not one of my things. <laughs> Uh, Tina says Lost had a terrible ending, so it looks like uh, she was a Lost fan until she was. No, I know. I, oh, that was Laura. I Laura, was like, yeah. oh my gosh! I keep. I looked up there and I was like, oh, Tina needs the chance. Yeah, <laughs> Hi, Laura. <laughs> Derek McManus, what's going on? Welcome to the chat. Glad to have you here. Um, Nathan Slay, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Got 
some pizza emojis in the chat from awesome one uh thank you bruce for that i appreciate it mark 63366 what's going on jonathan marshall what's going on dude thank you very much for being here uh yeah uh i don't know about it necessarily being pulled because based on the numbers i believe they actually technically added 17 theaters but next week they're going to be pulling out i imagine out a lot of, out of a lot of theaters because uh 71 drop domestically for the suicide squad 71 percent that is atrocious and the number in its first weekend wasn't even that high to begin with so it's even worse when you add in that context for sure uh alice mccarthy talking about ryan actually being polite in vegas i know crazy times happening in vegas right now and then too it's really weird yeah it is it's just one of those things we're like huh Never would have thought I would have heard these nice, kind words. In fact, I think he curses less when he's drunk as well, which is interesting. Wow. Yeah. He, cur- he, cur- he curses in person too, but definitely when he's either been physically active for a bit or something, he starts calming down a bit with them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's he was see. swearing left, right, and center when I first met him, and then after we'd been wandering around the zoo and doing a bunch of stuff for a while, he wasn't swearing as much. <laughs> Nathan, I think he needs that dopamine release. <laughs> Nathan Slay says, update free guy was really fun and really good time at the movies. I recommend it. Nice. Yeah. Definitely been hearing that more than not, like more than the other direction. So I'm still kind of mixed on it. Don't know exactly if it's a film that I want to go out of my way to go see. It's a lot tougher now that the school year started, but I might. Uh, Tox Fox is a member. Thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Gary Banjo Sandwich saw a pig and enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, and I know Laura... Uh, understands this because she warned me about it too before going to see it. This uh, all the visual, uh, not the visual effects, the cinematography in that film is just, oh, uh, it's it's just cringeworthy how shaky everything is. Uh, when is PizzaCon? I don't know. You tell me. You tell me where and when it is. And if there's pizza there with extra pepperoni, I'm there, man. Uh, little trash. What's going on? Thanks for being here. We got the hunky chunky funky monkey. Uh, who loves to troll Rosetta. And uh, <laughs> it's a member on the channel. Zachary 315 what is going on? Soul Assassin. I don't remember if I shouted you out or not. Uh, Glenn Ken in the chat. Rogue Disney in the chat as well. Hail to you. And I think we're almost caught up with the people who have joined us today. As y'all are coming in, if y'all could smash that like button, please. It uh, would really mean a lot. Sorry, I'm not uh, streaming today over on Odyssey because I had set up an event and then I tried to pull it up on this computer and it wasn't there. And last night, no one was over there. So I figured might as well just save the uh, the time there. Uh, Bruce says, one thing I, can all, I think we all agree on is this Suicide Squad is better than Suicide Squad. Here's the thing, Bruce. It depends on what you mean by that. Because if you mean what if I was forced to choose one to watch, I would watch the 2016 one. Not because it's better. Not because it's a good movie but because it's so bad that at least there's some entertainment value in the badness of the film. And the soundtrack is actually not terrible either. I don't have the same <clears throat> the same things I can say about this newer one, to be honest. So, yeah. Anyway, those are the people who have joined us today. So let's go ahead and see how everyone has been doing. If anyone's been watching any movies or shows or content or content that they are uh, working on and wanting to promote. Again, these are obviously times which we allow the chosen i allow the chosen to talk about things that they want to discuss so let's go ahead and start off with just going back in order again rosetta so rosetta we talked a little bit earlier about the works that you have been doing but 
any updates or anything that you want to share or anything that you want to you want to point out today? It's kind of been crazy because I went back over to Kansas City a few weeks ago to see Chris again, you know, Real Review. And we went downtown together. You know, he's striking me up through all these buildings and stuff through the historic district there. And, you know, walking on the sky bridge as he goes, you know, this one collapsed and killed over 100 people before. And it's like, oh, well, I'm on it. Thank you. And <laughs> so it's like this crazy visit with him and stuff, though. Went down to the aquarium hangout. So, so all over downtown on foot with him. And then the next day all over the zoos and stuff and things. And that trip was five days and ended up being over eight miles a day, hiking through downtown zoos and lakes and stuff like that. And between 95 to a hundred and something heat every day. (laughs) And then back from that and had a few days here. But while in those few days here, I did, Dubuque's botanical stuff, several things out in Waterloo, stuff like that. And then the next weekend, I'm in Des Moines with my husband, who we had one night we stayed there and literally did the five arboretums, botanical gardens, the zoo, and several other small places and hikes while we were there in about 36 hours with travel on both days, too. Um, <laughs> and then they've been doing that stuff through this week, too, went back into Des Moines to do some other stuff a few days ago and was down in Davenport, Clinton and all them doing different botanicals and hikes and stuff yesterday. So (laughs) I've been extremely winded the last few weeks. I've been averaging probably eight to 10 miles a day hiking, doing all this stuff for about three weeks. Oh, wow. (laughs) And I'm also, that's the other reason for being in the dark and you can actually see I look more red than I normally do. I'm kind of a little bit burned in hands right now. (laughs) And this is mostly uh, like rocky and hilly terrain, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like doing the Africa loop at the zoo. So you're going up and down to where all these different things are and doing bridge boats and sky bridges and stuff like that and things up and down stairs and buildings and old places and things. So it's crazy. And you do botanical gardens. You're like doing these loop downs to koi ponds up to arboretum tips and stuff like that. So it's not like just walk through a little park or something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And how's the humidity in in that area specifically? This is the part where we're like almost think we're the south in humidity because we get like the same kind of humidity that Singapore does because of all the farms, because we're right between the Cedar and Mississippi River and all this other stuff. It tends to be 90 to 100 percent humidity in the summer here. Mm. So it's. You know, getting off and going, my clothes are sticking to me. <laughs> it's like you're swimming through it almost, you could say. <laughs> but it, it's a lot of fun and stuff. And the black swans down in Des Moines Zoo have eggs right now. So I'm going to be trying mm-hmm. to get some photos and stuff of them with the babies this year and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, try and get it uh, maybe close to, I mean, I don't know if you'd be able to time it right, but to try and get it when like they're hatching or some of them are starting to hatch, that kind of thing. Don't know. I'll try. I can only do it every few days because it is mm-hmm. a little drive, so it's harder with that. But I actually did get a whole bunch of photos with the mute swans over at the memorial this year while they were hatching the babies, and actually Aww. got while the handlers were, you know, pin feathering and cleaning and checking the health of the babies and stuff. I actually got to hold the little signets that were a few hours old this year and stuff. So that was one of my good moments. Aww. <laughs> That's sweet. And of course, whenever there's a good, sweet moment, the hunky, chunky, funky monkey is always going to try and 
you know, destroy Make it. Make some horrible comments about it. What did he say? He just said, black swan eggs, yummy. Swan eggs, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps saying have to finish the eagle book so he can use it as a cookbook. <laughs> He's a disturbed individual. Oh, yes, 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 he is. But you know what? Hey, we, we love him anyway. He he keeps he's, he keeps things light. He's been a wrench on my channel almost two years with all the crazy stuff he pulls. So I'm surprised you haven't. Says. I'm surprised you haven't pulled that wrench yet. He says that every time he shows up. <laughs> oh every my time goodness. he shows up, he goes, and I still have a wrench here. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So obviously, a lot of content then for for the book so how close are we to to book launch at this point you think i've pages pretty much done i'm going through rechecking editing and verifying that i typed everything correct and all that and i just need to get some stuff done i need to get the page launched but like i said business stuff is my brain with my issues it's like trying to wade through <laughs> freaking Chinese or something for me trying to do the business stuff. So I'm trying to get my husband to help me with that, but okay. it should be up pretty soon here. Nice. So so the actual um, the actual Indiegogo campaign will be launched soon. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, I know that as of right now, you can, of course, check it out and sign up for the email listing and still have the offer if you sign up for the email listing that you get. Isn't it one of the original... Uh, it's going to be one of the glossy prints in full page size of Spirit. So, mm -hmm. uh, one sec. Do you still have that link? Uh, I probably do, but I don't know if I have it handy. Let me. Let me just put it back in the chosen chat. Okay. Right below the eagle photo, I was trying to show you. Beautiful. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and copy that link. I'll post Isn't that, that black and white eagle great? That was a week ago oh, yeah. in Life Park Zoo. That's actually the ones that they rescued that were injured. So. Yeah, absolutely. I just posted the link in the chat, everybody. So uh, the from the account at Odin, that's the Indiegogo page where you can sign up for the email listing and it'll just keep you updated once the official campaign launches. And if you sign up for the email listing early, uh, you get some extra free stuff, which is always really, really awesome. So I, I feel like there are other, there's always other projects that people are, are pulling to try to get you onto because of how talented of an artist you are. So are there any new projects there or updates on the projects that you had been working on? For us, everyone trying to get me to do more and more projects with the stuff I share with myself. Well, you should do a book of this. You should do a calendar yeah. of this. And it's trying to work on the pinups because I had to take a break from that because I just had mm. to take mind focus has to reset every so often for different art types, you know? Mm-hmm. But trying to work on the pinups, trying to work on this, and trying to do these little projects, and everyone going, well, you should do this one, too. You should do this, too. You should do this, too. It's like, uh, and doing weekly stream now with Makini over there, where we do the Thursday, where it's me and Mads and him drawing the attractive women of different things and taking our own spins on them and stuff like that. So Nice. That adds to, you know, he announces what we're doing, and I do a bunch of starter sketches and stuff to ink out and stuff on the stream so that takes up a couple of days of the week too usually mm -hmm. absolutely and so how much money has eventually because i because i know there was like a couple of things with the pinups because it was 
there, some it was like commission work where it was like a, a direct sale, right? And then there was others where it was like an actual like project, like long term. Like how how much have y'all been able to to raise for uh, raise for veterans? What I've raised right now is just some to pay for some of the people I've had to commission to help work on the book with me. Okay, but. Once the book's available to sell, that's where most of the money will come in right now. It's just every so often selling some of the original black and whites after I get the copies and the color done and stuff like that. That's what I've been able to do so far with it. But it has had some go and the sketches and the artwork and the photos and stuff, anything that I'm posting over at Twitter can either have the either originals or prints of it available to sell anytime anyone wants to contact me. Nice. Very cool. And best way to contact you would still be through through Twitter or are you I guess uh, an interesting uh, question to come up uh, you know randomly popping into my head are you embracing any of these new like alt tech platforms I know that there was a push like a couple weeks ago like to get on this app called Getter which to me is just a another type of parlor where I just I don't really know exactly how much there is but I skipped Parler because the terms and services made me cringe, as yeah. did having to be verified to use private messages. I wasn't going to do. Uh, I tried with Minds, but it is horrible. Why don't horrible you? Why don't you? To post pictures on. Why don't you like? What's the issue you're having? With Minds, it's a really big pain to try post pictures. It's really difficult. You can't post multiples at once. It's oh, all this, all this oh yeah. It doesn't work for my kind of work at all. It yeah. just doesn't. Doesn't I, it? Doesn't it comp- I like the site overall. I just I keep quit using it because it takes so much work to do anything that I do. So basically, I hate Instagram because you can only post it through your phone. So I have to upload things to it. But at least I get hits and views, and I get followers through it. So I yeah. still share there on occasion. But so still, one of the best places to follow you then would probably be on Twitter. Yeah, unfortunately, right now it's the one that works best for what I do. I still hate the site, but yeah. uh, you got to use what you use, and I, at least I've gotten over two thousand followers now. Yeah, no, and I, that's a great point too. You know, because obviously, you know, I think all of us in some capacity have have issues with these various platforms, but at the end of the day, especially if you are someone who's looking to grow and looking to, uh, you know, get into contact with people and to reach to reach out to people. At the end of the day, even though Twitter sucks as far as the way that they are very clearly biased in their rule sets and are very clearly, um, you know, treating various people in in ways that are just unfair. Obviously, the whole ad situation, especially, which is so ridiculous. Um, but it is still one of those. It's still one of the best, I guess you could say, designed from a perspective of as far as being able to follow people really easily, uh, access content very easily for you, being able to upload. Uh, your photos there pretty easily because the other thing I was thinking about Minds is uh, I guess one of the other issues that comes up with it potentially is doesn't Minds because on the video front I already knew that it was going to be something where there's going to be some type of compression because it offers uh, video uploads for free which is obviously still an amazing thing for a site to offer that kind of thing to offer you know to put full-fledged videos up there and it actually processes pretty quickly but there is definitely some compression it's one of the other issues with Minds that it compresses the photos that you upload worse than Instagram even, which does it pretty bad. Yeah. Instagram tries at least to get around it by offering like the filters because the filters can sometimes hide some of those imperfections, but mine's, you know, mine's doesn't really have that at this point. And compression is bad, but with the photography, it still usually keeps the crisp edges, even if it's not quite as perfect. Mm -hmm. 
with mines, they were getting blurry edges where there were crisp when I tried to post them. So oh. that's kind of a big issue. Yeah. Mines is an interesting animal because there's aspects that are obviously are like Twitter, but then it's also like Facebook. And then it's also just like a typical blog, like almost you could say not exactly like a Tumblr, but there's just so much stuff. Like the reason why I like it is because there's so much stuff that you can do with it. The bad side of it is that there is definitely a, a learning curve, I guess you could say with it because it's not as straightforward in certain areas. And then also too, as you mentioned, you know, especially for content creators, it can sometimes uh, be in a difficult position where you're, you're limited in not only what you can do, but also in your reach because not a lot mm-hmm. of people are really drawn to minds. And that's part of it also is as much as we will all want these new social medias when you're struggling in the artist or when you're somebody who's not on the mainstream that has all these backers, when you try to move to these other places, it is a lot harder to keep your followers. It's a lot harder to get the hits and views. And when you're talking about, you only have a few thousand people to work with anyways. Yeah. It, it's not as easy for any of us who are in the indie industry to just hop wherever we feel like, unfortunately. Yeah. And it really comes down to that, that aspect of, of reach and the ability to, to, you know, again, when it comes to Twitter, it's the vast majority of people. If you were to talk to them, have a Twitter, you know, if you were to ask them about all tech platforms, some of them might have it just to have some, you know, some breakup just to have some, some some extended range, I guess you could say. But it, it, for the most part, you're not going to find as many people there. And so, yeah, especially as you know, someone who is like you, who's an artist, you're you're about to launch something. Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of got to work with what you got. You know, you got to work with what you got. You got to work with the place that's going to be the easiest to reach. And also, as you know, as I was saying, you know, to reach out to you, it's it's very easy to either through DM or just through tag uh, get a notification to you. Uh, for people mm-hmm. that want to work with you, who pe- for people who want to support you. And yeah, so that's, again, one of the reasons why I'm still on that platform and is is for that reason alone, because I am, you know, I do put post things on places like Gab and on Minds. Like those are the only two real alt tech places that I use. Um, but in both of those cases, I mean, there's a maybe three or four people on Gab who follow my content there. And there's more on Mines. I think there was a pretty big push to Mines, especially after Parlor. And I think a lot of people who went over got used to it and, and started liking it a bit. But it's still nothing compared to the the people that are on that are on yeah. Twitter. You know, big thing I wish I could get is to get the photo albums from Facebook and have something like that on Twitter, where you can save the te- each little section of posts into an album. So it's easier to find later mm-hmm. is the only real thing I wish I could do. Cause trying to come back and reshare things or link people to something they're asking about or stuff is still horrific. If it's been a day or two and you've been talking to people, it's a nightmare to find it and stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hungry chunky. I-, I don't know if, I don't know if you had seen this, but he was, he was trolling again. And he said, uh, Rosetta still won't do that book of furry pinups. And I commend no, I you. Commented on that below that. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I, I commend you for, for withholding uh, that nonsense. <laughs> Hunky Chunky likes to troll me. What can I say? Oh, it's fun. I think it's hilarious. And I'm glad that, you know, the thing I love about Hunky Chunky, by the way, because I know that you mention it all the time about how, you know, on your streams especially, he can be, you know, very incredibly inappropriate. Um, and so I appreciate the fact that he can still troll and have fun, but then also respect that, you know, we're, we're, we're a little cleaner here, even in our chats. So 
Shout out to Hunky oh, Chunky well, for being funny and also. Well, Will does that over here too. He censors yeah. himself a lot because he is not a censored person. Yeah. So I always appreciate when people do that because it makes the mods job easier and it makes me happy because. By the way, yeah. I don't know if you've been paying much attention to Twitter, but any prayers and support you have for Will and his mom right now because his mom fell down the stairs a few days ago. Oh, no. No, I hadn't heard She's that part. In the hospital with a bunch of breaks in her body, including shoulder and spine damage and head injury and stuff. So, yeah. I okay, yeah, I definitely will keep her in my prayers and keep him as well. I know that he is still, um, he's still rocking recovery, and yeah, he's been clean most of this year. But again, you're talking a few months clean after twenty some years. He does not need this kind of no. stress. To do that. Yeah, because this so. is you talk to any addict, you know, this is the type of thing that can sometimes, you know, cause those relapses. So yeah, will I don't know if you're listening right now, if you're gonna listen back to this at any point, but you and your mom are in my prayers. Uh, absolutely. And, um, yeah, if, 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 if anything comes up where you need someone to, to t- try and help you keep, keep on, you got a lot of people I know who have your back. I know He's Rosetta has your back. A lot of support so yeah. far. So that's the good thing on that. Yeah. But absolutely. And it, I would, I would offer me, but as you know, especially with, with baby Thor, I don't have as much time to be able to respond. And so I just knowing that you have someone like, uh, Rosetta and the others who, are are having your back as well is awesome and the same thing for 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 you Rosetta having knowing that you have a lot of people have your back especially with all the nonsense that you have to put up with on on your channel with the people who come in the people I make fun of the most are Brits and yet three of the people who stand up for me the most are Will Richard and Hunky (laughs) who are all British yeah (laughs) something about those British it's it's interesting it's you know the British people in general we could say a lot of things about but when it comes to like the, the 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 British who are part of our communities, like they're the best of the best. They're like the best of the British people, because Andrew uh, Andrew Hoyle is in that in that group as well. He's awesome. Shout out to Andrew Hoyle. I don't, I, I know that he said he might not not have been able to to join today either for our stream, but shout out to shout out to you, Andrew Hoyle. But that's awesome though, with uh, everything going on and everything happening there, and so. Yeah, for people to, you know, if they want to follow the project, obviously, to, to go on the link, and I'll I'll post that link again. And you would say probably to follow you on, on Twitter. Is it still, is it Eagle Rider 1? Queen 1 that comes up as Eagle Rider is the actual name above it, but the at was a quick one my husband set up in a crunch. Okay. Oh. Gotcha. Awesome. Anything else, projects, uh, or anything else that you have on your mind? Oh, by the way, Force Ghost Jeremy says he's Brit too. Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> well, we won't hold that against you <laughs> for now. No, it's mostly just the overwork of that. Oh, I did get the stuff in from my stuff with Tilt, so I actually have like the card deck that I colorized that Vic King drew and stuff like that let actually me, here now. Let me blow that up. I have the screen really okay. big now, so people can can check that out. You actually can see it's actually a deck of cards with the artwork that me and Vic did together as okay. the back of them and stuff like that. Okay. Nice. I actually got my stuff in, so <laughs> nice. I'm happy. <laughs> I as a happy. Is it like a? It's like a regular deck of cards, though, and you could just. just... It's a full deck, and okay. actually, the jacks, queens, and kings, the face cards, actually have custom artwork done of the different characters from the book and stuff too, because the whole book is based on that she gets this ability to use the cards and if as face card ones they actually will come to life as those characters and help her fight mm. nice. so he, he a lot of the stuff he does custom for the book to go with it and as he does is the art for the book 
is based on decks of cards and the old artwork of gambling and stuff like that. So it's kind of unique system for the comic. Nice. Very, very cool. Other things that you want to shout out or mention? Now I'm still deciding what stuff I'm going to do next. The, been overwhelmed with a whole bunch of stuff yeah yeah it's it's uh it's that time of the year where things really start to you know come to a head weather's about to change hopefully that will is that a good thing for your profession when the weather starts to change or like would you rather be hot or cold or cool not cold but cool best photography is in spring and fall but some of the Mm -hmm. easiest ability to find the animals is in summer and Mm. of course more things are open in summer where you can get to the animals and wildlife but i still love the winter time tracking the eagles but that you know i'm trudging through snow banks into the middle of nowhere to photograph them (laughs) in their nest is kind of a hairy thing too when you're like negative six and you're like hiking in snow boots through these mounds to go photograph (laughs) but it's worth it oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, and depending on the weather, it could be really difficult uh, outside to try, you know, try and find, you know, you know, depending on I guess because you get a lot of snow up there, I imagine. So you know, depending on how much snow cover you get too, that could also make things a bit difficult. I mean, you've seen the one photo I have, which is literally the two eagles sitting on the branch and the trees behind them and the branch below them. Everything's just covered in icicles because of how much ice and rain and mm-hmm. snow it got in that one day. And they're just standing there on top of this mass of icicles on the tree, like, yeah, so what? (laughs) (laughs) Aren't animals cool? One of the things that's interesting about what eagles will do compared to a lot of the birds of prey is most birds of prey will avoid winter and they don't like trying to fish when the water gets too cold and stuff like that. So they'll swim to, so they'll fly off and go to warmer areas and all that. Whereas eagles will go to the area that's cold. They will fish until the water freezes over, and then they will sit on the ice, and they'll chip their beaks through and pull them out through the hole like ice fishing. Mm-hmm. Until it gets too thick for that, and then they'll go hunt other animals. Have you? <laughs> I'm assuming you have you have ice fished before. Usually it was summer when we fished growing up, but okay. that's, there's not really a lot of places where you can consistently get solid ice in the Black Hills because, mm. yes. Yeah, a mountain range at yeah, high altitude and it gets very very cold but it's also very close to a desert and the water underneath stays a little warmer than most areas and the ice doesn't tend to get as thick most places so yeah and there's also a lot of natural hot springs through that mountain range so nice. it's just not as consistent for that so it was more fishing in warmer weather usually yeah i don't know i just feel like it's just such a it's such an interesting concept because it makes sense completely but just the, to know that there are animals that when when just everything is frozen over are still just doing their thing, you know, to the point where you can still fish for them is pretty awesome. It is. I like the fact that eagles are so ridiculously strong, badass stuff that they like the cold. Mm-hmm. They'll lay their eggs in the middle of snowstorms. They'll lay on them in the snow. They'll fly around with them in early spring teaching them the fly and it doesn't phase up and they love to hunt and fish and snow and yeah this last winter it got really cold and really icy fast and the rivers did completely freeze over and that's when i got the pictures of the eagles mm-hmm. with the deer they killed ripping it to pieces because hey food's food yeah <laughs> it's amazing animals mm-hmm. well awesome i love eagles yes <laughs> No, I, I would never have been able to guess that you, you know making a book <laughs> about them and everything never Never, ever would have guessed it. 
But yeah, if you do want to support Rosette, I'll post the link again. There is the Indiegogo project, and you can sign up for email notifications and follow her also on her social media. And the name on social media is Eagle Rider, and then it's it's Rose. It's, I always forget. I'd never Rose M Queen. Rose M Queen. No numbers. Because remember, there were some issues with accounts. So, is that the was that the backup account, or wasn't there like another? Yeah. Okay. That's why this I wasn't is sure. What was the backup? I lost the other one because Gates McFadden can't stand ending out. She's white. Um, <laughs> she went the whole BLM stuff and complaining about it. it oh, if it, if yeah, you're yeah. white, you're racist. And I just pointed out to her, you know, you're white, right? <laughs> and that led to a big argument between me and her on a whole bunch of things, which led to a bunch of my friends tweeting at her, Beverly, shut up, which led yeah. to me getting mass flagged by her and her followers. <laughs> I hate that. I really do. When, you know, <laughs> when, when people with massive followings and, and a lot of those followings are just mindless trolls will just, you know, attack people like that. Like no matter what side they're on, I just, I, I never have been a fan of that at all. So. One thing to disagree. It's one thing to argue and debate. It's another yeah. that, but it's like, she's sitting there calling this whole, if you do this, you're racist and stuff. But she's the same freaking tweet she's literally bragging that she uses her hollywood money to influence and change the votes in places like as she named them montana south dakota and tennessee so a she went after my home state yeah b she literally said that she uses her rich white money to influence the elections in the three states with the highest native population mm. while claiming if you're white you're racist it's so ridiculous like uh, really uh, really woman you want to go there yeah no, no, that, that would set me off that set me off oh I can only imagine it makes total sense to me someone speaking of setting setting me off there's someone in the chat at one point mentioned I think it was Rob D said that apparently the projections for the Eternals is they expected to make was it 1.3 billion dollars worldwide and I'm thinking to myself, I don't know what you're getting this. I think you said from Reddit, it looks like. It's from Reddit. I, I don't buy that yeah. for a second because they're not even, I mean, official trackers don't even have the domestic uh, projections at this point. So I don't know who is putting out there anything close to it being $1.3 especially when you have films like Shang-Chi, which is expected to do next to nothing. And the Eternals might do slightly better only because it has a little bit more name recognition in some of the actors. But we've already established that actors don't really sell tickets anymore, typically, uh, depending on the film. And yeah, if even The Rock is not going to be able to make a uh, like a passable box office (laughs) performance with a movie like Jungle Cruise, which people who said it. Uh, who saw it said that it wasn't good, but there were some moments that at least were somewhat fun and people generally speaking like the rock. If even he isn't going to bring enough people out, I I don't see how Angelina Jolie is going to bring anyone out or some of the other actors like really like that's like the biggest name really that they really have in that film. And you know, Angelina Jolie, she's been good in some movies, but she's not really a name that you think, Oh, box office. So I don't know who's trying to argue that that film's going to make money, but well, Kevin, Kevin said it's going to win Best Picture. Oh, duh-oh. <laughs> well, you know what happens? Oh, you know what? That actually helps the argument for the for the bad box office, actually, because uh, movies that have been winning Best Picture recently have all been 
box office either flops or have been very low grossing films, which don't cost a lot of money. So this is, would be uh, interesting. It would be a high pay, It would be a high cost movie, but it would make just about as much money as a, uh, a moonlight, maybe, or <laughs> another or, one of the or, indie films. Or I, I pooped in a bucket. The movie, yeah, whatever, yeah, directed yeah. by, and the Eternals is directed by the I pooped in a bucket. The movie, yeah. So. To be fair, and I've mentioned this before, I do think that she is. I think that she actually is talented. I'm sad that she decided to take a paycheck from Disney, though, uh, to do the Eternals because there's just no way and that I mean, she's. I, and that's one of those movies. I mean, I know she didn't do the action stuff because I've been hearing they have those action scenes worked out before a movie even exists. Yeah. But her name is on there as director. She's going to get the blame for it. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know anything about her, but whatever. The one thing that might help <laughs> is that because she does have very strong indie roots and because she does really seem yeah. to care about her craft, I think that she's someone who would have the experience and if the movie flops, and, and rather when the movie flops, gets the blame and then just says, oh, okay, screw you. I'm going to go back and do what I do best. And right. then she'll have a fine, you know, solid indie career. And, and like, but there's others who have, who have been taken on by Disney who were up and coming. And then because they were put into the limelight, given too much money too quickly, and because Disney had so much control, it's now it's like their, their, their careers were almost essentially done. Because right. they might get indie films, but they don't necessarily have the best heads on their shoulders. Um, and you're not really hearing a lot from them anymore at this point. Rosetta, you were about to say something? Derailing again, because somebody in chat distracted you. But I was going to say, before we go completely off of my moment, I did want to actually ask your opinion of the black and white there. Because that's the first black and white I've done of an eagle. And I, let me, I, I love and it. I don't know how to share from Discord. Yeah, and that's the one thing, because I think you can do a screen share. But let me let me see if maybe I can add it as a image source, as a media source. Because I did download it. Let me see if it shows up. Because when you Discord's weird. When you try and download something from Discord, it doesn't always show up the way that it should. Let's see if it shows up here though. Um, I mean, Odin has a moment to figure out the technology. <laughs> about to say it's not it's not showing up for some reason. Yeah, again, unfortunately, Discord when you try and do like the right click to to save a file, it doesn't work for some reason. Yeah, I've had less trouble saving files from Discord onto the phone than I have the desktop for some reason. Yeah, I don't know if there. I'm assuming there's a way that you can share the screen. There's a little share screen button. And I can make your image bigger. If you can share mm -hmm. your screen, maybe, of the image. Let me see here one moment. Get it open then. <laughs> yeah, as you get that as you get that set up. Uh, let me see. Uh, Shield Wall of Dragons. I saw that you had your comment earlier about uh, appreciating the box office break on, uh, breakdown that I did. Thank you. Good, sir. Very much appreciate that. Um... And then Hunky Chunky, of course, has been uh, present, having a lot of fun as well. Trolling me ever since he noticed I was talking. Yeah. And also, uh, we do have someone that, that joined us, and it's Mr. Roy. Yeah. Mr. Roy, how's it going? Hi, good, Mr. sir. Roy. Hello. Yeah. Microphone working right away. We had an issue with the K-Man earlier, so I'm, I'm glad that yours is working. Yeah. Oh. Hands, huh? 
Especially I just bought a new laptop. I had to figure out how to plug all this stuff back in. Oh, and, and I can oh. tell you sound you sound nice and crispy, sir. Yeah, I got a new um Razor Blade fourteen inch laptop. Oh yeah. I've heard good things about the Razor Blades. Yeah, they're real good. It's it cost a lot of money, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah. You you would hope that you know putting in a certain amount of money will guarantee you some quality. So I'm glad to hear that it's it's paid off in that way. Yeah, I would. Uh, I tell people all the time, don't go like Walmart spend like three four hundred dollars on a laptop because you're just gonna buy crap. Just go ahead and just spend a little extra money, buy something that works, and you're gonna last about maybe three to five years. I got about six years out of an HP laptop, and then oh yeah, it finally broke, and I got this one now. <laughs> all right. I do uh, have the image now, so for everyone to see, and it's beautiful. I think it looks great. Ooh. Yeah. And so this is a, the one thing I can't tell is photograph or drawing. It is the eagle, one of the two eagles that they have at Blank Park Zoo in Des Moines, and that is actually taken a week ago from Saturday. Okay, wow. How close were you to the eagle right at the edge of the barrier to the cage so about 10 feet slight zoom just enough to get the bars out of the shot and oh wow that's about it that looks awesome very close but yeah i don't usually photograph them in captivity but it was such a good shot and angle i had to oh no that's a that's a beautiful angle right there but the ones that they have um, are ones that they actually got from Raptor Resource Projects. So one of them even has damage on its head where it was injured in its youth and stuff. They're rescues that they take care of. So Okay. Well, that looks fantastic. Good work. So my little... Because I've been trying to learn black and white photography more the last few weeks. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, it looks fantastic. And uh, you're going to try and add some more uh, black and whites, you think, to the, the like, is that going to go into the Eagle book or is there going to be other black and whites that you have planned for the book? The photos for that book are completely finished. So okay. this is going to have to go on a future project. But I'm actually thinking with the shots I've been getting this recently of actually trying to put together a black and white book is one of the future ones. Yeah, you could do in, probably some individual prints, too. Well, anything I share like this, you guys can always get prints of. Just contact me. I can print it and send it for payments. Well, that's what I'm saying is that you could probably just put that up, you know, because I don't, you know, I think that's something where you could have, uh, you know, how people sometimes have like their websites of their like portfolios and stuff. Like that's something that I think could be because that's legit right there. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't know much about photography, Uh, but it looks (laughs) beautiful to my eyes. So... (laughs) I, I love my work. I do. Yeah. It's always good to have a passion and, and to like, yeah, to, to have work and then to like the work, especially. So that's awesome. Anything else before I, yeah, I, I didn't mean to, 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 to move on that way. Uh, is there anything else uh, before, before we do move on to the next person? The floor is yours. Oh, there. You said hello there. No, I think I got about all of it there. Okay. I think uh, I think sometimes it only picks up some like it cuts off like the very beginning of a comment sometimes I think on Discord maybe uh, so it, it sounded like you for a second went Obi Wan Kenobi and was just like hello there <laughs> but thank you Rosetta for being here you're awesome uh, 
as are the people watching the stream. So thank you again, everyone, for for being here today and smashing that like button. Bruce, uh, relevant to Rosetta, says the eagle looks very nice. Yes, indeed. It looked fantastic. Um, and then, of course, Honka Chunky being his old self. You can only see its head because I ate the rest, he says. Um, <laughs> terrible, as always. Uh, Mr. Roy now joining the chat in the chat as well. Little chatception going on there. And yeah, huge shout out to Eagle Rider. Also, uh, if you click on her name in the chat, you can also subscribe to her YouTube channel to get even more information about this and other projects as well. And have a good time. As long as she doesn't, of course, cross streams with me, of which uh, she is still excommunicado for. But we love her anyway. Done that in months. Get over it. <laughs> anyway. Of course, I've barely streamed in months either. But yeah. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much for, for being here again. Uh, so let's go ahead and do a, a, a little introduction to Mr. Roy, and then we'll move on to uh, ZK Man and what ZK Man's been watching. But uh, Mr. Roy, how ha- ha- have you been, man? Everything's been going well? Uh, well, it's hard. I've been working quite a lot. <laughs> okay. S- still have those I, long I, shifts? Yeah, I literally got off a shift six o'clock this morning and then got about four hours of sleep. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you were able to get some sleep in. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's hard. Uh, yeah, they're making us wear a mask again. We, uh, we're walking outside, too, which is weird. <laughs> That's always, yeah, it's one thing, you know, obviously I have my issues with it even inside, but at least that has some, like, slight logic to it because a closed space, but there's absolutely, like, there's negative logic when you're outside in the open yeah, space. It, <laughs> yeah, it's, that, I don't think the mask makes sense at all. But yeah. I, mean, I, I don't care if I'm aware of them or not. I, yeah, we, we're, well, we're not I'm doctors a, or anything like that. You know, obviously consult with yeah. your own physician. But yeah, I think that there a lot of people now are getting to the point where like, has it really made all that much? Some studies would suggest otherwise. But yeah, I mean, I, I literally caught COVID sitting at how on, at my house unemployed. So I mean, but I don't know. I know the masks don't make all that sense. <laughs> oh my yes, goodness! I went, I went through it twice, and I, how often do I ever leave the house other than out in the middle of nowhere to take photos alone? Yeah, man. <laughs> So it's those eagles, I tell you. They're 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 the mass <laughs> they're the mass spreaders. Th- those are the no, uh... no no you're thinking koalas with chlamydia there. <laughs> chlamydia bears. Or or you know or an Obama birthday party. Either way, those are those are the super spreaders uh, of 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 COVID. But no, the one that got me recently. You want to talk about the inconsistency? Okay, so the CDC itself has said that this does not prevent you from catching or spreading. It only changes how the symptoms affect you. Yeah. So the state was literally doing get prove your COVID vaccine and get free tickets to the state fair. So they were crowding all these people who could still catch and spread together in a big public place, but we're the problem. Yep. That's the government for you, though. They're all about logic and consistency. Let me tell you. <laughs> Something's uh, wrong with that reasoning. It yeah. might say my brain hurt. <laughs> and so they're going, oh, so you're genuinely excluding people who medically are exempt from that from receiving something that's paid for by tax that's against ADA. Oh, yeah. Well, plus, uh, <laughs> plus, yeah, and it, that's what's been crazy about what they're trying to do in New York and, and it was in San Francisco as well, because it's like, okay, so you're basically trying to violate policy here by having people share their medical history with you. That is crazy that 
you know, people would even think of that as an option. Quite a few that want to do it in the cities here. I've been yeah. harassed plenty going out in public, and it's like, I can't do that stuff. I can't breathe through fabric because of how the vocal cord dysfunction affects me because my body heats the air so much I can't breathe it yeah. out with fabric or anything over it and actually still be able to breathe. Yeah. The thing that broke my heart. And then I, I've already immunization injured from a childhood from a tainted shot. I'm allergic to the fillers because of that. I can't take these things. So what do they expect me to do? (laughs) Yeah. I I get heartbroken because, you know, I had family visit me a few weeks back and, um, one of, one of my little, uh, nieces is only about like two and a half or so. And if you're on an airplane and you're of a certain age, you have to wear one. It's just like, how do you expect a little child like that? You know, it's just, it's cruel. It really is. But ah, we could probably talk all day about that subject. But let's go on to ZK Man. ZK Man, how have things been? Obviously, we mentioned earlier in the introductions of you getting very close, almost, almost, uh, almost a week away, a little over a week away from your big move away from the West Coast to the great state of Tennessee. Uh, what else has been going on? You've been watching anything or anything that you want to promote? A few things. Uh, I still try to catch a few things every now and then, even though with everything going on with the move and all. But uh, yeah, I watched three movies since the last time that I was on here. Uh, two. Uh, Go ahead. Ago, and uh, one of them I've seen the. Uh, I, so what what have you seen? I'd seen the nineteen forty nine version of DOA. Okay. I don't I don't think I've heard of that one. What's that film about? Uh, I think K Man's mic is cutting out again. No. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah. As uh Saying the uh, movie is about uh, a guy that uh, he ends up uh, being poisoned, and he has they let him know that he only has so many hours left to live, and so he goes on a hunt to find out who was the one that poisoned him. Oh dang! Who's in it? Are there any uh, big actors in it? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> You're like, yeah, there's some big my, actors. My, my, I don't my, remember their my, names, but I swear my, they're my big. Mind went, my, my mind they're... went blank as soon as you said. <laughs> oh, trust me, yeah. Oh, it's like when people ask me the questions, they're like, list your favorite this, list your top three this, and I'm just like, I mean, I have them. They're they're not up here right now. If you give me eighties some... <laughs> movies, <laughs> now now Rosetta, now uh, now. It had uh, like uh, a <laughs> Emin O'Brien. Uh-huh. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's uh he's the main character. Uh, pretty much uh, the, the way they did this one is more a flashback type style. Okay. Where, yeah, so a little bit about his uh, it actually opens up with him walking into the police station. Uh, let them know that he wanted to. Tell them that there has been a murder, and they asked who, and he said me. And, and based on what you find out later on, they 
that's the reason why they were expecting him to show up. Uh, so he tells them the story about why he, like, because I think he was a insurance salesman, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, yeah, he apparently he had because of something that he had documents of would lead to uh, arrest of somebody else for another crime. That's the reason why they ended up trying to poison him. Interesting. So 1949, it's called just DOA? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, what are the other two films that you were able to watch? I've seen uh, The African Queen. Okay, what did you think? Because I had mentioned that everyone's been like, you have to watch that because obviously of the correlations with with Jungle Cruise that people have been you know finding there. And I've only been I've only watched like the first five minutes or so, and I'm just not I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's 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 I'm not quite into it. Like the first five minutes didn't really grip me all that much. Um, but what do you think of it? I'm pretty much in the same boat as you with okay. that one. Uh... It's not one that I hate or would not see again, but it, it was one that I um, pretty much uh, my problem is, is that because I've done so many filmed and edited so many videos in the past that I can see everything. I mean, I get back in the 50s, they didn't have the same technology as they do today, so is things like they'd have like scenes where like you'd have this wide s- shot of the boat that they're on. But you could tell that it was just a replica in the little pool thing. Oh yeah. 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 You, you knew that it had, didn't have the actual people in it, that it had the mannequins and stuff like that. And that's what kind of threw me out of it. Cause I'm, I was so focused on that mostly, but I mean, as far as like, the story itself, I didn't really have a problem too much with. Uh, my main problem is that, well, it has a lot to do with. They did, a, for the most part, they did a good job compared, to like, because it's based off a book with the same name. Mm-hmm. Only they changed it up a little bit because they didn't really think that it would go suit well with, uh, on film. Like, but my main problem was like have things like we'll take like a main female character yeah he's or he's supposed to be a very christian woman because but kind of jump back and forth between actual like hardcore christian where everything goes by the bible to letting other things slide like it jumps from going to uh wanting to go out and sink a german ship because it killed her brother or the germans killed her brother so she wanted to sink a ship get revenge on them but then turn around later on and cringe and want to get rid of uh, Captain's whiskey because she doesn't think that drinking is good. Oh, so so is it one of those things where it's it's just 
it's just inconsistent or is it something where that's like a part of her character and her development? It's, I think it's somewhat, it's kind of like a little bit of both. Cause from what I understand, cause I haven't actually read the book, but I have looked it up and, uh, and basically like, uh, like how, like you're not supposed to sleep with anybody until marriage type deal. Mm-hmm. Well, in the book, she does that, whereas in the movie they cut it out. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it's kind of like it's, so it's kind of like jumping back and forth, like kind of. So, okay, so it's like sometimes she cares, sometimes she doesn't care. Yeah. And it's not in the way that you've seen it, the way that it seems to be presented. It's it doesn't seem like it's like her character, or like. I guess is I guess the the way to know that is is she ever called out for that hypocrisy? Not really. The no. the only time that anybody complains about anything is Captain. He um he because he's he's portrayed as a drunk, so of course he's going to complain about losing his whiskey. Yeah. And, but I mean, it's not to a point to where like they bring it back to the religion, but you know that that's what. It, and that is another thing, like, with his character is that, well, in the movie anyways, he jumps from one decision to another within, like, a matter of seconds. Okay. Like, he, he's sitting there on her off about something, then not even ten seconds later, he goes, okay, I'm sorry, let's go. <laughs> yeah, because I remember when I the opening credits came on, and... And I forget the name of it, but it was a random studio that I had never heard of before. And I was like, it's weird that a film with such big, high-profile actors in it, you know, was just made by almost this unknown studio at the time, right? When it was originally, when it originally got released, at least it seemed to be an unknown studio based, again, just on the, on the opening credits that I can at least remember. Because I started it like a couple weeks ago where I watched the first few minutes of it. But yeah, it's interesting how there are these types of yeah weird things in there that's the kind of stuff that probably would bother me uh, plot wise as well what's the uh, third film that you were able to watch i actually did get to see the green knight uh, in theaters uh. okay what what did you think of the green knight cuz i i could definitely see how it could be very divisive for for a lot of people uh say that it, i will agree that was not what I was expecting, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it. Mm. Much the only real critique that I really had was uh, then them not sticking with a specific font. I mean, they they used the it's from that time period, but they kept on jumping back and forth. There was a at the beginning, I remember them showing different uh titles don't remember what they said but i guess it was like location type stuff yeah no it was like yeah it was the green knight it was like the title of the poem and it was it was very odd in that very beginning sequence uh yeah i I know exactly what you're talking about so so just the fact that the fonts were just not consistent with each other if if they would have like taken one font and used it throughout the whole thing then have been a little bit better as far as I was concerned, but I mean, and that I didn't really have much uh problems with it. Uh, only scene that I 
don't really understand. Uh, I mean, I get why they put in just to kind of give you like a what the what that universe looks like. Uh, seeing what the uh, what you want to call them, like rock bull or whatever. The rock, Stone, uh, the gi- the giant. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the okay, yeah, just the giants. Uh, it looked like one of those scenes that they, they, well, I haven't done any research, so I haven't been able to actually sit down and read the poem, so maybe it yeah. explains it better. But as far as like in the movie, it looked like it was one of those deals where even if they would have take, if they hadn't put it in, it still would have worked with the movie. Yeah, I remember when that scene happened, and I didn't mention it in my review, but that was probably one of my least favorite parts because uh, I just, even though they were on a very limited budget, I mean, I think they ended up only making it for like fifteen million or something like that. Like again, very very small. Um, so I knew that the visual effects were going to be rather limited. But when that happened, I was just like, I feel like even if this was in the poem, they they could have just left this part out, and and it wouldn't have affected the story really at all. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, overall, I had no problem with it. to be able to see it again just so I could give even more of a clear uh, response to, uh, like, if there's anything that I might have missed or was confused about that maybe I could get answers to that second time around yeah that's why i'm actually really looking forward to um what i'm hoping is a 4k release but even if it's just a blu-ray release um just to be able to get some like maybe behind the scenes stuff like and to be able to get more context behind it and yeah especially the way that they did the green knight effect because the green knight looked fantastic in the movie and i think part of it had to have been practical but i feel like there was possibly some cg elements to it as well and it looked pretty good and uh, uh, I did enjoy uh, the, the how they the ending as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because in after I watched the film, or rather, yeah, after I watched the film, I started to do a little bit more research into you know the tale of of Sir Gawain and and the Green Knight, and I learned more about what the actual story is and how the story ends. And I really like how. A lot of the story is very much still respected. You know, not a whole lot is really changed necessarily. I feel like any of the creative freedom and license that's used kind of adds to and builds to the story and and adds more of like, I guess, a mystery aspect to it as well. And the ending, I thought, was another one of those examples because it is slightly open. I think, you know, I think one could argue in different directions with it. Um but yeah, I thought it was very interesting how it ends. It ends on what basically it ends on almost like a cliffhanger of sorts. And I like the way they did that and the way they used the flashback sequence, especially before that as well. I thought it was brilliant. It kind of it reminded me a little bit of the Last Temptation of Christ. If I don't know if you've seen that uh, by Scorsese, where something similar in in certain ways happens as far as flashback to reality. Because. Uh, I will admit that uh, they almost got me with the ending because I, I wasn't really caring for because I was like, yeah, this is how it's going to end. Mm-hmm. And, and whenever, like you said, they bring it back to the present time and I was like, okay, uh, 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. But even when they do, you know, you, you feel like they could have they could have done anything with it. And even with the ending that they give you, you don't know necessarily like the context of that comment could very much mean that it's, you know, that he's just, you know, maybe he's just joking. Maybe it's just you don't know. And, and that's why I love it, because it is so open ended and it is different than the way in which the poem ends because the way the poem ends like sm- one small difference um if you are a fan of the poem and you don't want to know anything about the film if you plan to watch the film but you've read the poem uh one of the way the way that the poem ends is that the green knight ends up being the king or not the uh, not, i don't know if it's necessarily the king but the lord in the castle who he meets along his journey uh with with the wife right the 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 temptation of seduction and uh in the story he is the green knight actually um, so I thought that that was kind of an interesting turn in the actual story. So the way that they don't do that in the movie and instead they kind of make it this different aspect where they go back in different ways is pretty cool. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those ones that I'd probably, if I had to rate it, I'd probably like rate it maybe and seven and a half eight something like that okay yeah yeah for me coming up with a grade for it was so difficult because there's there's parts that i didn't like because there are parts of the film where i just was not a fan of especially the way he gets the the green belt a second time uh just uh, nah. uh they could have done that a bit better a bit differently to say the least uh <laughs> rather than the way that they did um but then there's also parts that I just love. Like there's just parts that I love and I want to learn more about them too. So I'm glad that you were able to see it because it's, yeah, it's very limited in its release and it's not going to be in theaters for much longer if it is still even in theaters uh, because that's how they planned it for. And I, I appreciate the fact that they did theatrical only and I, yeah, I can't wait for them to have the official release out um, as well. I definitely agree. Yeah. So what about some uh, projects you've been working on? Anything? Still working on the you got the new album in the works, correct? I got a uh, album that I'm gonna try to uh, with the book that I'm doing. Uh, That's right. Also the book, yeah. And uh, I got a song that's gonna be separate from all that. It it won't have nothing to do with that. But uh, as soon as I'm able to get to a position to where I can actually sit down and record it, then that want to be something completely different uh to be uh completely different than any other music uh release yeah yeah i remember you explaining it last time as well where it was very much a very unique experience with the with the book and the soundtrack you know going like hand in hand with each other sounds like such a really cool interesting concept the uh, book itself and uh this one is probably as far as like stories and that I've written in the past, this one's probably a little bit more difficult just because of the fact that going in with the mindset of the character necessarily being, the best way to describe it would be a high hero. Uh, hmm. uh, like, uh, like, consider if you're thinking comic book wise, you consider something like the Punisher where he don't really consider himself a hero, but he goes out and goes after the bad guys. Or or if you want to go old school wrestling, uh, like take like Steve Austin where 
wasn't necessarily trying to be the good guy, but all the fans loved him. Yes, like the anti-hero. Yeah. Nice. Anything that you're comparing... Uh, a character you're basing off of Stone Cold Steve Austin, that has my interest uh, automatically. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'll actually... Because this one won't spoil the book. I'll actually give you a, a little line in the story. Uh, basically, before anything actually gets started with actual story, has to uh, meet a co-worker at his job for the first time, training them and whatnot. During their time, the worker asked, says, yeah, you don't really like me, do you? Without looking at him, he just says, it's not that I, it's not that I don't like you. I just don't want to know you. Oh. Which is even yeah, worse kind of- in a lot of ways. <laughs> so I don't like you. So, it's a, I don't even want to know you. Basically, that, that's how I, I got him. I, I'm opening him up with that type of attitude. Absolutely. I, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, Tina had just, uh, not Tina, uh, Laura had just come back into the chat and she had said she had gone away because Afghanistan falling apart. And so I just checked the news and I had no idea. Yeah, apparently the Taliban has actually breached Kabul and the president has fled the country or something. So, yeah. It's a gift for having a weakling in power over here, but I'm not going to get into that. No. It just to me, it just goes back to we should just, just let's get out, let's get out, bring our people home. Mm-mm-mm. Sorry, K man, that just it's just crazy that this stuff's <laughs> going on, you know. Uh, you good? Yeah, uh, keep up with that stuff myself. Yeah, absolutely. So when do you think uh, everything? Because obviously you got the move coming up in a week or so. So when do you think you're going to have these projects done? Uh, a single song. I'm hoping to have it out for the holiday season. Okay. For the just for the fact to have just so I don't have to be trying to work around on that time, so I can actually spend time with family and stuff. Yeah. As far as the book and the album that goes with it, that probably won't be until sometime around maybe. Let's put it this way. I'll actually to the publisher and all that towards the beginning of next year. Uh, off uh, the experiences, they always say, give yourself at least nine months from when you actually bring it to the publisher before actually releasing it. So I say probably maybe middle of next year as far as the release on that goes. Okay, and then the the combo uh, album book, and that'll probably be around, I'd say probably about June or July of next year. Okay, awesome, very very cool. So stuff coming out uh, this and next year, and still best place to to follow this and to support you would be to uh, check out your Twitter and obviously the website uh, as well xtheboundaries dot dot co. Correct. So I'll go ahead. Those deals where I I used to have .com, but then I got the CO and Mm -hmm. just never changed it back. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So everyone, I've just posted uh, the Twitter account for ZK Man, so you can follow him over there. He's got his website posted in his bio, 
and yeah, send send him some love and him and him some support because he's he's awesome. He uh, remember the last few months we were talking about how he had done this uh, this walk to help to raise money, and he raised a, a, a lot of money for and worked with this organization that worked uh, raised a lot of money for suicide prevention. So. Uh, K-Man's a really good dude, does a lot of really good work, and obviously we have a lot of people on here who do great work. Uh, again, with Rosetta, you know, with with veterans, and, and K-Man here with uh, suicide prevention, so show him some love and show him some support. And uh, anything else that you want to add to that, K-Man? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, hopefully, uh, I'm kind of holding off until after the move, but hopefully I can find a few more projects to uh, take care of as far as, like, for like you said the suicide prevention and stuff like that to try to raise more money for that stuff yeah absolutely well thank you for being here as always and uh always great having you here how is everyone doing uh just checking in i always like to check in on on the chosen because i know that our streams will usually can go on for a bit but tina you doing good mr roy you doing well doing, doing good rosetta <laughs> I'll take that as a as a nodding yes. <laughs> Maybe. Quiet when I'm focused. Ah, yes. <laughs> you take those moments. They don't happen often. <laughs> Just making sure everyone is okay. Uh, and it also to the amazing people in the chat, thank you all for being here and for being so supportive. And yes, as Laura says in here, so many talented, wonderful people in The Chosen. Yeah, absolutely. And I did mention it uh, kind of randomly, but uh, for those that I know that uh, obviously a lot of us, you know, try and follow current events and, uh, you know, obviously, especially when there is, you know, obviously a lot of historical relevancy to this. But yeah, apparently, according to news reports, uh, the Afghan uh, president has fled the country uh, as the Taliban has been has moved into Kabul, the capital. And uh, it looks like, as it says here, according to AP, it says Afghanistan's battle president left the country Sunday, joining thousands of his fellow citizens and foreigners in a stampede, fleeing the advancing Taliban and signaling the end of a 20-year Western experiment aimed at remaking the country. So, and obviously that that just makes me so incredibly sad because, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, right? 20 years, we've had troops over there, we've had... Uh, men and women sacrificed their lives. Countless dollars. I think it's cost over two billion. Sorry, two trillion dollars of of you know taxpayer money as well. And to have all of this now end in this way and in this capacity, and the results and 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 the response from from what I've been seeing is you know sending you know it's like it's like kind of like the school system right we we know that the school system's broken and what's the it was usually the the way you fix it oh let's just throw money at it it's like no that that's that's not how you fix it and at this point it's just again i feel that you know obviously the the people uh, the people of afghanistan need our prayers and uh, any soldiers in that region too uh, anyone in the embassies as well we know what can happen when mobs uh, especially when embassies are involved what can happen there so definitely to keep them in our in our prayers and in our thoughts here. But just a little bit of a update on that for anyone who was wondering what's going on or if you maybe just didn't know. Um, but anyway, just just keep everyone uh, up to date with that. All right. Oh, I just can't wait until yeah. these skanks in Hollywood and they're, oh, we don't get paid enough. And, oh, yeah. Oh, women's rights. And they keep forgetting how many young girls are married off at very young ages. Yep. And... 
mistreated and given that one that one uh, yeah. one uh, operation that they never want to discuss, but it's all about them. So anyway. yeah, and Rosetta, and yeah, twenty million, not thirty million. That's oppression. Forget about the women that are being chained and sold as slavery, and they're nine years old in these countries. They're oppressed because they only make twenty million because they take more time off than the men do. Statistically, this whole thing about the pay gap, when you add in maternity leave, time off, the fact that women, by average, work less weekends, work less overtime, work less extra shifts, the fact that we take an average of three years more time off work than men do in a lifetime, the fact that we don't tend to go for the same jobs statistically, and that's our choices it's not this percentage difference. When you actually add all those compensations in, women actually make more for this amount of work they do compared to men. They're not oppressed in this country. I don't care what they say. And they need to quit whining and actually care about the actual oppression. Yeah. And I say, I've said this all the time. It's like, you know, to me, if you want to be able to show me that this is actually an issue that you care about if you're in Hollywood, uh, how about you go to these countries where women are treated as actual second-class citizens. Um, you could even argue less than second-class citizens. So until you do uh, that, until you do that, you have no ground to stand on. Um, and uh, Bruce, uh, apparently he was former uh, 82nd Airborne Brigade, and apparently they've already been called up for it. Yeah, so our response is, again, sending more people. And that is just not going to lead to anything else other than uh, men and women in uniform, uh, risking their lives. And it, it's at, after 20 years at this point, the only people that can make anything work in that country are the people of that country. If they want to do something, if they want to have a certain type of government, if they want to be able to defend their country, they, at this point, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be up to them to do so. Because, at this point, it's like, okay, basically everything we've done the last 20 years is just poof, gone. And if the response is, let's do it for another 20 years with more trillion, it's like, no, stop. We, we need to stop trying to nation build. We need to stop being the policemen of the world. We need to focus on the issues that we have very real issues in our own country, especially with the past year and a half where there's businesses that are out of business and there are tons of people who are trying to essentially force others to receive things against their will at this point. We've got so many more problems going on here right now that deserve our attention rather than risking the lives of our soldiers. If they're so concerned about the third world conditions of the world, why in the hell do any of these little... Yes. Hollywood... Yes. ...ever actually get their asses off fat butts while they're eating their little posh meals and get their asses down to the reservation and actually fix this third world crap that the government's doing to a minority that they don't actually care about because that would actually show that their socialist side is wrong. Yep. But it's not about honesty. It's it's not about, you know, I mentioned this before, right? It's not about having conversations. It's not about trying to actually work things out. It, it's it's all mudslinging. It's, it's all... You know, blaming every obviously, you know, Bruce said, like, you know, obviously, you know, the, the media is already, you know, all this stuff is going on. And of course, the one thing that the media is going to be doing with this is trying to paint it as this is not Biden's fault. Biden had nothing to do with it. And if they do that, we know that that's the sign and signal that, oh, get ready for Kamala. Like, that's the only thing that 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 would be, you know, it's like that. Completely honest. Yeah. 
all of these last four presidents involved in this have made a lot of Absolutely. mistakes. But the worst of it was done under Obama, and this pullout is going to be the worst yet. I mean, the foreign, I mean, if there's one thing that we could say, foreign policy in general ha- has been just so terrible for the last, you know, what, 30, 30, years. 30, 40 years or something like that, right? I mean, it's just been, it's just been completely a- a- abysmal. And even if things might have been better, slightly better under one person or the other, the fact remains is that... I've completely screwed this. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And it's not a left or right issue. It, it really isn't. You know, it's a, it's basically a political elite or not issue because if you're in the political leaks as as the great george carlin said there's a club and we ain't in it and that's exactly what's going on uh and we're seeing the ramifications of that as well anyway at least (sighs) no mean tweets oh yeah no mean tweets right yeah hey at least we don't have any mean tweets that's that's fun right anyway (laughs) there's a lot of stuff he did that was didn't work right that wasn't right but this is worse. And you don't have to kiss this guy's ass to point out that Biden is senile. He should be in a home for people with dementia. He shouldn't be running the country. I would say that right. uh, anyone that runs for office typically should not be running the country. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the issue. If you think you're the kind of person that should be running the country, you're probably not the person that should be. You know, because it's like, there's probably some type of character flaw and, you know, characteristic that's, yeah, you know what? Probably not. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But anyway, I do want to be able to. Washington and Washington and them went for office. It was begrudgingly. They were told yeah. to do it and they went, OK, I'll do it, but only for this long. Yep. And then FDR came along and wanted to stay in office forever. And then they went, that was horrible. Let's put a cap on how long they can be in office. And then, and it's just been, that ego's just been kept getting worse and worse each time. Since. Well, it really, the last major change happened. Uh, the two people we can really point to, the last major change would be Kennedy, because it's one of the first times where television played a role. Um, and obviously, that eventually led to the culmination of the television event with Bill Clinton becoming really the first, one could say, like a celebrity almost, like a celebrity uh, president. And obviously, it's just gotten worse and worse since then to the point where a celebrity actually became president. And obviously, I know a lot of people have different opinions about it. But when you look at the, like, the entire framework and the entire development of all this, you're like, OK, yeah, all this can really have we can find their foundations and all these different points in history, you know, leading up to these moments. And eventually, you know, people are going to have to start to say, all right, enough is enough. Let's go back to basics. Let's actually focus on policy. And not personality, because policy because is the most important focus thing. Focus on policies. Even the stuff they do while they're in office on both sides. It's about how can I pump up my base? How can I get more yeah. votes? How can I get more donations? How can I get for me, 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 me? They don't care who they're impacting by what they do. Yeah. I want a boring person. I want a boring person that has great policy. That's what I want. But uh, will we have it or not? It's going to be up to us. But... Let's go ahead and uh, bring back some escapism here. Uh, <laughs> you got a little real there, but uh, let's, let's bring in some escapism. So, uh, Mr. Roy, dude, ha- obviously you've been doing well. Got the new computer. What you been watching recently? Uh, I went and saw Suicide, the Suicide Squad. Oh. Whatever you call it. What'd you think of it? <laughs> uh, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so not one of the ones that liked it. <laughs> no. Nah, uh, it was fun, but man, it. Yeah, it's similar to Aquaman. It was fun to watch, but it's that's a terrible movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 
it's it's again i think there are some elements for sure that i can understand why a lot of people are having fun with it but yeah it's yeah uh, I, I would i would take i'll be honest with you i'll take this this one over the first one okay uh, yeah it, it seems to uh james gunn's direction of the movie seems to be significantly better than whatever whoever directed the last one <laughs> yeah uh, I'd say its worst problems probably be its tone and its um, pacing. Would probably be the worst part of the movie. It, oh, and the yeah, length it, alone. I mean, the length is just—it's just—it's too long of a movie. Yeah, yeah it's it, it's action packed, and then it sits on certain scenes for way too long, and it just, man, some some scenes in this movie just drag on mm-hmm. for no reason. Um, I say the character development's a little bit better. Um. I, Harvey Quinn still makes no sense in this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's the same characterization. It's like it's every time now. It's the, I guess this is the, technically the third time that we've had uh, her in a film, and it's like okay, I've seen this before. I've seen this yeah. like, same yeah, thing. It, 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 she makes no sense as a character and sui- as as a member of the Suicide Squad. What's her special ability? It's... Harvey Quinn was never that kind of character. She yeah. was always. She got into an abusive relationship and became as controlling and abusive herself in different ways. And they both became a walking poster for what never to accept from the other gender. Yeah. They were a warning about what abusive relationships were. Both of them. Mm-hmm. It was never a good person. It was never somebody idolized. It was never somebody put into these teams. And the way they've tried to make her an anti-hero but still noble is ridiculous and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... This may be the first movie I like John Cena in. I don't know if that's controversial or not. <laughs> yeah. So why? What did you like about his characterization? Uh, it, it was not bad. <laughs> his acting didn't seem to be terrible. I guess because yeah, he didn't so. have to do much, right? I mean, it was mostly just him being he, tough. He's, yeah, he's playing a really over-the-top character. I think he does that particularly well. It's when he's playing something serious. Like, I, when I saw Marine, I was like, I couldn't take this movie seriously. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, when he's playing some kind of over-the-top character like that, It, I, I think it works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wasn't as... Because I, I could just see John Cena in it, you know? Like, to me, I just couldn't get... Could, could, get past you know and his name is john cena burr, 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 burr. <laughs> like i just couldn't get past that at all with it but i know a lot of people have had fun with it and i would say out of all the films he's done it's it's probably the best that he has done i think that yeah. most people would agree on that yeah um what else i was gonna say about it yeah and then the the reddit r stuff seemed to be tacked on to me like all the gore and all that stuff in the movie mm-hmm. yeah, yeah a lot of it was cg that- you know yeah, it seemed like the there's here lately, like even with like Joker, they seem to be CGI and the blood and stuff on there so that if they need to make a PG thirteen version of the movie, it could be more easily done. <laughs> I think that's probably why they're starting to go in that direction. <laughs> I think it's a fair that's a fair assessment to make. Yeah, because that's something that they obviously I think started really in an official way with Deadpool, um, when they had the actual PG thirteen cut of the movie. But I, yeah, I, it just—it's one of those things where it's like, okay, at this point, you can tell you're—you're you're not really caring about making a great film here. Yeah, I, I've never been a fan of CGI blood and gore. Yeah, 
Usually doesn't. Fan of blood and gore, even as a gothic girl, because usually it's senseless where it's put in movies. Mm-hmm. It's not needed, and I've always been more a fan of the classic gothic style from before the modern goth, where it's it's dark and suggestive, but it doesn't show it. Even to a degree, the old Hitchcock style over modern horror, because I think the unseen is more frightening than anybody's computer graphics or special effects, because your mind can come up with more twisted stuff than anyone else can put in front of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it, 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 movies used to be able to kind of leave things to be desired, which builds tension. And is able to, you know, kind of create more of that factor to it. And I, I think that blood is needed to a certain extent. Like, for instance, one of the only one of the only issues that I have with the Zatoichi franchise is that he's doing all of these cuts and killing all these people, but they couldn't even put blood on the sword. Like, it's like I don't need to see them cut open. I don't need to see you know blood everywhere on the ground or anything. But at the very least, like a little bit of you know blood on the sword would be at least you know. <laughs> Uh, sensible when I'm watching like Forged in Fire and stuff they do blood packs and stuff in the ballistics dummies when they're testing because they want to show how it would affect in fight if you cut somebody this way if you did use the weapon this way and they're trying to make realistic tests and so you have blood effects in the show but it's about the scientific ways that would happen it's not just for gore and freak yeah and that's, I think, a whole different thing than just throwing it in just to throw it in. There's a logic to why they show it and things like that. Yeah, G-Monkey, I think, made a good point. It's similar to Jaws, right? You rarely ever saw Bruce the Shark in Jaws. And that he was one of the reasons why it was so out. effective. Yeah, well, yeah, there is practical. There is definitely a practical reason. But you know what? It ended up being a brilliant creative choice or a seemingly yeah. creative choice. That's that's what's so weird. Some of the best movies come by sheer accident. I mean, the fact that Jaws, you don't see the shark, is actually it's because they can't get the damn shark to work. <laughs> I like to I like to stick with the with the uh, theory that maybe it was uh, actually Spielberg who broke the shark. Remember, there's that picture of him uh, in the in the uh, mouth of the shark. Maybe yeah. his his skin, his skinny little body was just you know too much for that shark. <laughs> all right so you saw suicide squad you're not that impressed by it but better than the first one uh were you able to see anything else uh watch rare window is this your first time watching it uh yes oh what'd you think of Rear window i liked it okay yeah i liked it for the most part it's a it's an older movie so it's kind yeah. of slow it builds off its characters it's yeah i, I really liked it yeah, I recommend it. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's classic Hitchcock, and it you know has that slow burn build. It's got one of my favorite actors, Jimmy Stewart, in there too. And um, it's funny because you know if you talk to a lot of uh, you know people probably like you know my age, maybe a little bit younger, you know, <laughs> one way to jokingly talk about it is, oh yeah, you know it's the movie that Disturbia is based off of. You know that movie Disturbia with Shia LaBeouf. You know. It's a, but obviously, it's Disturbia is very much just a modern remake <laughs> of Rear Window um, with yeah. Shia LaBeouf instead. And it's it, you know you know what to be honest, that film was probably one of the better of the Shia LaBeouf films before he became more serious as he got older as an actor. But uh, Rear Window still takes the cake easily in in yeah, the comparison. Yeah. He's still a loser either way. I'm mean, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think he's come a long way. I think you know he's, he's obviously crazy, a jerk, but. People. Well, I mean, he obviously he he went through like 
uh, he he broke like he went through like he broke from reality but i think he's actually come a long way and has actually calmed down a lot from they what come back out of acting psycho actually say i'm sorry i treated people like i'm a degenerate piece of crap yeah then i will give them credit until they say that uh at least they're not as bad as they were but that's yeah. it I, I mean, if you're a child actor growing up in a bubble, I mean, I understand why people they turn I mean, crazy like that. But oh yeah, <laughs> especially the girls that grew up in Hollywood, because the stuff they go through is so bad. Look at the stuff that happened with Lindsay and Brittany and all of them, and the stuff they still go through as adults with their families. Oh yeah, absolutely. But there is also an amount of more for Lindsay than Brittany in this case. But there's an amount of once you're an adult, it's your problem. Unless you're in the situation with her where your family's literally micromanaging every second of your life and you're being abused. If you're an adult, you also have to own up to, yeah, I was raised like this. Now I need to be better than that. Look at Drew Barrymore. She was drugged and everything else by her parents and grandparents as a kid. She went through all this abuse before she was even nine. She was in rehab, but look how much of a, compassionate kind and charitable person she's been as an adult on her own yeah I... roy i was gonna ask you uh rear window is considered one of hitchcock's like his upper echelon movies mm-hmm. uh i don't know how many hitchcock movies you've seen but would you say that yourself yeah um, i actually had the 4k collection set oh yeah yeah, it has. Uh, it should have Psycho, Rear Window. I think The Birds is in that collection. I think there's one more. I think there's four in that collection, right? Um, yeah, there's four. Uh, Vertigo. Vertigo. That's the other one that's in there. Yes. Yeah. Also, anyone who's a big fan of Hitchcock and likes classic spoofs and Mel Brooks and stuff like that, you need to find and watch High Anxiety because that was his Mel Brooks doing a collage spoof of. Hitchcock-style movies in dark horror. Yeah, I don't know. That collection that I got, I actually don't recommend because the the discs come into come in um, cardboard sleeves. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. So if y'all want to buy those movies, I would recommend buying them separate. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the benefits, too. Yeah, I have them. Yeah, you can buy... <laughs> sleeves or they do these like try to stack multiple in one or the double-sided discs or stuff like that i hate that i will say though uh if you get a set like that with either the 4k i assume the 4k is is similar in a lot of ways but starting with the blu-ray especially if it's one of those uh, blu-rays come in two forms typically i think 4ks are all the same they're pretty universal but with uh, blu-rays you have either single layer or dual layer blu-rays basically just means how much information you can fit on it um but blu-rays in general too they are much more scratch resistant. Uh, DVDs, if there's ever a DVD set that has sleeves, don't get it because as soon as you pull it out, it's scratched. Uh, with Blu-rays, they can take a little bit more than that, and especially if it's like the dual layer uh, discs, especially and 4K is probably too. But yeah, it's always not the preferable way. And with those sets too, I think all of them, if not at least a couple of them, actually not only obviously there's the individual 4k releases of those uh, Hitchcock films, but also I want to say they're even for Best Buy. I think there's steelbook 4ks that you can get individually too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause I remember uh, it was when psycho psycho was the first one that they released, I believe in the, the new updated 4k and they had this original 4k steelbook for it. And it was, it was a beautiful design. It was mostly just a black case, but like, I just love when they have like these contrasting colors with it. And uh, now there's a new one out. So there's another steelbook of that 4K, but it's different. 
And it's it's fine, but it's not as cool as it, as the, the original one was. But all right, yeah, it's good to know though if anyone is interested in that set. It's also you know it's kind of you know it's obviously newer, and so it's still a little bit pricey as well. So yeah, when you get that, you want to make sure you can get you know something that's going to protect your movies too. Mm-hmm. So you liked Rear Window, which is a good thing because it is indeed a classic, and so many films obviously have found inspiration uh, from from that story as well. Uh, anything else you've been watching? I watched The Secret of Knit. The Secret what? Uh, knit. Um, it's N-I-M-H. Oh, The Secret of Knit. Okay. Oh. At first, I thought it cut off for a second, and then I thought... Are you saying like 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 for knitting like the like the secret of knit? And I was like I was like that's interesting. I know that yeah I know of the secret of Nim. I've heard of that one. What do you think of that? Yeah, uh, I liked it. It's quite good. Yeah, um, beautiful animation. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, it's actually free on YouTube right now for anyone that's interested in watching it. <laughs> wow, that kind of it's it's something that you, it makes me happy, but then it also kind of makes me sad. Because it's like you think of all the films where you have to pay a certain amount for these things, and then you get to a movie like this where it's like, oh yeah, it's free. And it's like, but it's just you know, it's just old classic hand drawn animation that like they don't make it anymore. You don't want to spend forty dollars to watch Cruella on Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like I want to spend Doc money. Disney, on- Doc- Disney. Yes, Disney. Indeed. Disney sucks. Uh, it really, really sucks. Uh, uh, oh, the saddest part is there's people actually paying that kind of money to literally rent a movie, which yeah. is insane to me. <laughs> yeah. It makes sense, I think, if you have a big family. Like, it, it's not, not necessarily for Cruella, but like when movies were doing that, like PVOD, when they were getting put on streaming and they were charging like $30, if you have like a family of like four kids or something and you're watching it at home, that actually is a good deal. Because you spend thirty dollars and all of them get to see it, you get to pause it, you get to get your own popcorn and everything like that. So you're actually saving a lot of money in that instance. But yeah, if you're someone just watching it by yourself and you're not going to bring people over or charge people or anything like that, yeah, you're not really good return on the investment. Yeah, well, I went and saw the Suicide Squad theaters. There was like uh, a family in front of me that was seeing it also, and the dad bought all the kids like individual popcorns and drinks and candies and he probably oh. spent well over a hundred dollars <laughs> oh no on, yeah on this. yeah if you're rent if you're doing these pay-per-views and these things for the home then i try to tell you this is only for the people in your household it's like i have never seen somebody get those and not bring a bunch of friends and people over and have a party to watch it ever mm-hmm. yeah because if you're going to pay all that money, you're going to bring people over, you're going to make snacks, you're going to have a barbecue party, and you're going to watch something and have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at least you're getting paid in the experience, you could say. Which is always nice. So mm-hmm. Secret of Nim, anything mm-hmm. else? That's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah, I've been having a busy month. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you know, you're, you're a working man, you got those crazy hours sometimes uh yeah it's, it's supposed to be only crazy for about another month we're supposed to move back to okay. what they, they call it a dupont schedule which is supposed to be significantly less hours <laughs> okay gotcha uh any other because i know that you are a collector like i am any other uh big uh pickups in the 4k or blu-ray front uh what i picked up let's see 
I know I bought the thing on 4K, but that's uh, pre-order. Mm. So that's going to take a bit to get here. Yeah, that's what I'm looking. I'm looking to uh, probably get because I think there's a 4K steelbook of that one coming out. Uh, stupid Amazon makes me enter in crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that I was able to pick up, and I'm going to do it in one of the uh, one of the giveaways at some point, is uh, and this thing is like not that expensive right now either. It's the 20 was it 2012 I think Dread on 4K Steelbook. And I want to say it's only like 15 to 20 right now, which for a steelbook on 4K is actually pretty good. But it is, uh, it's mighty nice. It's very purty. I think it's the Sicario one. I own own both of those. Um, Yes. I was was wanting to to win that one so bad. Oh, yeah. And don't worry. I mean, I've I've got a couple others because I one of them has already there was there was a winner for it. But I got two more uh, to give away for that one. But yeah, dude, the Sicario one. Oh, I love it. It just it looks so it looks so good. I just love the art. Yeah, that's I think that's it. I I hadn't bought nothing recently. Okay. I don't think there's been any good sales. Blu-ray.com. (laughs) <laughs> but I say today would be the day that they would have some updated deals. So I haven't even checked my app yet today. It's been a uh, pretty busy. Oh, you can get Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for fifteen dollars on four K. Let's see, Indiana Jones four K collection sixty three dollars. Uh, still too uh especially to go and throw the fourth movie in the garbage. <laughs> um. One thing wow. I'm excited. One thing I'm excited about them doing is that they are going to release uh, Misery on 4K. Ooh. Talk about thrillers that are fun. That's a fun one. He chunky trolling. He said Duck Fizzy right in the mouse hole. Oh lord. Oh. Uh, so I just I love Tina's reaction. There. She was just like, oh, that's. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, anyway, Mr. Roy, thank you as always for being here. And uh, I always love uh, whenever, like, because uh, uh, shout out to Mr. Roy. He'll send me uh, digital codes for, for the movies that he picks up. And so it's always just fun, like, seeing it's like, oh, he just got this one. Oh, I- I'm looking at getting this one, too. Uh, and just, like, because sometimes I-, I fall behind a little bit on what's available. And so sometimes I'm like, oh, this is available right now. I'm going to go check that out. So uh, thank you, Mr. Roy, for being here. You're welcome. All righty. So Punk Waddle joined the discussion as well. Uh, awesome one just says Odin Corn. Uh, Soul says it makes a good point, saying watching a film at home, yeah, you don't have a line at the bathroom. That is also very good point. Very, very, very good point as well. Your family or your guest list. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that uh, Dread was so good. I I think that the remake of Dread was fantastic, and it's so sad that they kind of really dropped the ball on on promoting it well, getting good marketing for it, and obviously now they're at the point where people want a sequel, and it's like <laughs> might be a little too. Too far past that point. How's everyone Ooh. doing? People still doing good? Oh, doing good. The Evil Dead 4K, 13 bucks. Ooh. Is that the newer one or the original? I think yes, the original one, I believe. Okay. okay. That's pretty nice right there. Mm-hmm. Tina. Yes. How you been? <laughs> I'm good. I'm sure you haven't been watching anything. You little movie historian, you. Nine. Nine movies. That's actually on the low side. 
it is on the low side, but we kind of short-ended it on our, you know, mm-hmm. gap between the last chosen and this one. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so you're right as private chat between me and him. He knows what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to start with my bottom movies <laughs> first. Uh, I've mentioned cult cinema classics youtube channel and if you ever want to see like b and c rated movies for free uh, he does live streams and then you can jump in the comments if you want to but i jumped in on one oh boy olga's house of shame Olga's House of Shame. Interesting. And this part is from the 1960s, and I figure this is some movie that some guy had the other guys over for the bachelor party, and so they showed this because it was supposed to be sexy, and it really isn't, but it's part of the Olga cinematic universe. Maybe Kevin Feige might want to look into putting Brie in one of the Olga movies, but there's like four or five of these. If they're as bad as House of Shame. <laughs> oh my goodness. The There's no one of note in this movie. I had never heard of the director before. He did a lot of Olga movies. And Olga is like, I guess she's a madam slash drug dealer slash stolen jewels person i don't know i think she's mainly a madam and a drug dealer and her hideout is in this abandoned mining her wait a mining what community okay nobody lives there anymore it's abandoned so that's where her hideout is and she has a brother who I guess goes out and kidnaps women or he punishes the women, but Olga prefers punishing the women like the two by four with the nails. Oh my goodness. This is a messed up family right here. <laughs> Just some so uh, like brother sister bonding, <laughs> I guess. So like it, the women don't do what they're supposed to. Then she either takes him down to her torture room. Oh my goodness. And the sound cuts out. And then sometimes Olga just does this voiceover where she's like, yeah, nobody gets past me, Olga. Uh, they better learn. I will punish them and punish them well. Oh, Lord. And so the longer the movie goes, it's like a little over an hour. It felt longer. <laughs> The longer the movie goes, the more the boobs started popping. Oh, Lord. <laughs> so it's like she'd have them tied to a tree and out would pop the boobs. She's beating them with her two by four, out would pop the boobs. Olga likes watching. This feels like a, like, I like walks in the rain. And Olga likes watching <laughs> belly dancing and doing threesomes and foursomes. Oh, Lord. I know, seriously. I'm like, I'm like, what in the world? It was, it was just so funny. I mean, sometimes the camera would just focus all the way. Wow. 
I'm amazed that they were able to somehow make this film over an hour. I mean, doesn't sound like there's a lot of depth to it. I mean, <laughs> gosh. What? Yeah. That's the only person who I found out that was in this movie that would be of quote-unquote note is the mother of the Arquette family. So, yeah, uh, Rosanna, David, all of them. That makes me wonder, do they know mom did a movie like this back in the day? Wow. (laughs) That Arquette family, I tell you. Well, this was mom. I think mom... Because all the characters had names, but you were like, well, no, that's the one where the boobies popped out when she was playing horsey. Long story. Oh, Uh, Lord. I think she was tied to a tree at one point. So I hope the Arquettes don't know this, but yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Laura, I think, puts it best. She says, from Afghanistan to Ogle's mining town hideout. Quite a range there. Oh my gosh! I'm but so sorry for her because they were raised I, I mean, in a really screwed up family. Oh They, Lord. they, it was yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty funny. Oh Lord! But I could only give it one and a it's, half stars. It, I mean, it's, it's really. It'll never, it'll never be on MST3K. I mean, just because. Oh know? yeah. I can it's understand. really it says all kinds of things about a family when you look at a group of children. And the, actually, the sanest one in the public eye is David Arquette. <laughs> That's a good point. He's the sanest one of those children because as crazy as he is, he doesn't tend to push all the stuff and go completely woke. Yeah. And like he's the sanest of their children. What kind of family is this? Yeah. <laughs> wow. And there's a perspective. I'm, lo- I'm loving the comments. I'm the comments. <laughs> <laughs> So the real question is, after the one and a half uh, star experience yeah. that was Olga's mining town hideout, uh, <laughs> what 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 were you able to use to kind of like cleanse the palate? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, also on um, cult cinema classics, we're getting a little better. I gave this one two stars. Mm. The Fast and the Furious. No, not that Fast and the Furious. My hopes Roger went up for a second there. Yeah, oh, Fast and the Furious. Not the Fast and the Furious everybody knows, but the original Fast and the Furious that was produced by Roger Corman. Hmm. And I don't think physics were broken in this one, but they did drive fast cars. And his Fast and the Furious is about a guy who didn't commit a murder and he's thrown in jail. And he escapes. Not sure how, because I came in kind of after all that had happened. And then he kidnaps a waitress. So he may not be a murderer, but he is a kidnapper. So he ends up in a car race somehow. And then they drive fast and they're furious. <laughs> so it's just like it's just like the Fast and the Furious. That's what I'm hearing. But they don't say, but they don't say for family. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the one thing that's missing uh the only person of note in that movie and he directed it as well as acting in it was uh john ireland who that was like at the beginning of his career and of course as his career went forward you would see him like on a lot of 
um, westerns and uh, cop shows on TV. And at one point, I think in the 90s, he read a classified, ran a classified ad that said, I'm an actor, hire me. And so they did. <laughs> so that was like towards the end of his career. Uh, but the one thing I did find out is that John Ireland is not the father of Jill Ireland. For years, people have always thought that. And no, her family is completely separate from his. But hmm. anyway, that was the Fast and the Furious, though. Mm. <laughs> and then we move up from there. I gave this one two and a half stars. This was a MST3K. Uh, they're doing another fundraiser, I guess, for another season for the new version. They showed horror on Party Beach. <laughs> oh, boy. Is there kidnapping in this one? <laughs> well, yes, there are, because the monsters, the swamp monsters come out and kidnap these teenage girls who all look like they're 30 plus. Um, so there would be kidnapping in it, but some guy dumps some toxic waste in the water. And then for like five minutes, we watch the skull turn into this monster, I guess. And then there's like a beach party going on. And that's pretty much the only time we see party beach. Uh, this motorcycle gang shows up and they were played by real motorcycle, uh, club. One guy's wearing his Che Guevara beret, and I'll just call her dark-haired girl. She's, like, dancing with all the men, even though her boyfriend has said, uh, hi, Elizabeth, even though her boyfriend has said, uh, um, uh, don't be dancing with any other men. Well, then she starts dancing with Che Guevara, and then the next thing you know, West Side story breaks out on the beach because they're flipping through the air, and they're <sighs> dancing, and they're fighting, and Are they meanwhile, snapping? the... And they did not snap. <sighs> so close. I was like, when you're a jet, you're a jet. All the way from your first cigarette. Yes. <laughs> so, so anyway, dark haired girl, after she's, you know, danced with all the dudes, she and her boyfriend have fought again. She goes for a swim. And um, in my review, I was going dun, 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 dun. Because she swims out to this rock and she's relaxing and then Sea Monster jumps out and smears her with chocolate syrup because it's a black and white movie. So I'm guessing it's supposed to be blood, but it looks like chocolate syrup. <laughs> so he drags her into the water. Well, then the next thing you know, it's like there's more of these monsters and they have leaves on their legs and they watch walk in a crouch and they have like hot dogs for, in their mouths, like dozens of hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't one of those movies where everybody's like oh no there's no sea monster going around i mean it's on the front page on their newspapers sea monsters attack sorority sea monsters kidnap girls uh sea monsters attacking town so everybody you know everybody knows about them and so there's scientist dude a scientist, yeah, middle-aged scientist Dude? guy. Wow. Uh, middle-aged scientist guy's daughter, who's supposed to be of college age, but looks about 30 or 35. And then the daughter's boyfriend, who I'm pretty sure is the one who dumped the toxic waste into the water. But I'm not sure. 
So anyway, the only thing that kind of jumped out at me, and they even commented on that uh, on the MST3K live stream, was that the, I guess the cameraman sobered up and was like, oh, I'm going to try and make a name for myself. He was trying to get all artsy-fartsy during this nighttime scene. The photography actually looked good. Hmm. And you're like, where did this come from? And then you started seeing day for night scenes and like that. So I guess he got drunk again and <laughs> went back to his old ways. But even they were saying, what the heck? Why does that photography look good for a half a second? <laughs> so anyway, but it's, there's no one of note in this movie. I told Nathan, I didn't even bother to tag a name of a so-called actor or actress in this mm. movie. I think what, it was was that the director called up some friends and said, hey, I'm going to make a movie this weekend. It's going to be a monster movie. It'll play at the drive in. Want to be in it? And they all went, yes. Because it, it, it's just it's terrible. It just oh, my gosh, it makes Olga's house of shame kind of look better. <laughs> so. That's saying something. <laughs> That's saying something. They got two by fours with nails in them in that movie. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I'm going to jump up to my, these are my three stars. Uh, this was the number MST3K movie that they showed during uh, the fundraiser. And this was what I was watching when F&T was on. <laughs> I looked at Tormented. Which is a Bert I. Gordon production. And Bert I. Gordon was like Roger Corman. He was kind of like the king of the B movies. Bert I. Gordon is the one who did a movie I reviewed earlier called Beginning of the End, where he had the grasshoppers crawling across the postcards of Chicago and making it look like they were actually attacking Chicago. So <laughs> he's very famous for having all these crazy D movies. So this one's called Tormented. Nobody of note in it, uh, except his daughter. Now I'll get to her in a minute, but it's the story of, I'll just call him jazz guy because I don't honestly know what his character's name was. Uh, he is breaking up with slutty girlfriend because he's gotten engaged to rich girlfriend. And so they are on a lighthouse. They're at the top. They're on the outside. And the um, barrier breaks. And she falls through the barrier into the ocean. From the way it was shot, you're not sure if he helped her in falling or not. He definitely didn't do anything to, he didn't report it to the police or anything like that. He just kind of, you know, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, she's out of the way, one problem down. But the issue is he starts seeing dead slutty girlfriend's ghost everywhere. Uh, the engagement party, the cocktail party, it's like at one point he, he's holding up her head and she's like hey you're not getting away with this <laughs> and uh he's got a blackmailer i think he was the one who rolled her over to the island so he knew he never took her back so he starts 
blackmailing jazz guy and <clears throat> and then rich girl's little sister is playing Columbo the whole time. And so now jazz guy is thinking, am I going to have to snuff her out? Because what does she know? So it's, it's like this terrible movie, but there's the germ of a good movie in it hmm. that maybe if in the hands of another director and a better writer, we could have had a good movie. And I think everybody that sees Tormented thinks the same thing. It's like, there's a good movie in there. It's just Bird Eye Gordon didn't give it to us because it's Bird Eye Gordon. Um, I think General Wingster has a very important question, and, and, and that's, did he have jazz hands, though, Tina? Well, all I can say is he supposedly was a jazz piano player. So he theoretically... And- Playing the, he has jazz fingers. He had jazz fingers. But like Rich Girl's dad said, I can't believe we're letting a jazz man into the family anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But the only one really of note in the movie is Bert I. Gordon's daughter, Susan, who was a child actress. And she went on, she did a famous episode of Twilight Zone. Um, and I've seen the episode. Didn't know it was her because she was a little bit older Which than one? she was in Tormented. Uh, can't think of the t- the episode title of Twilight Zone, but it's the one where uh, the old man he's friends with the kids, and she's uh, handicapped. I think she had polio, so she had the braces on her legs. Hmm, that may and, have been one of the ones I haven't seen. Then okay, and he's being hunted, but you don't know why. Uh, okay. And it's just kind of a, for the Twilight Zone, it's a, it's a very sweet episode. Yeah. Which there aren't many uh, of. The, the, the only one that I can no. even remember is the is the Christmas one. The one where the guy just wants to be able to be Santa Claus. Like, that's the only yes. one that I can even remember that, like, has kind of, like, a sweet ending to it. Yeah, there's, there's a few of them. And I... Uh, I know MeTV runs Twilight Zone and uh, Twilight Zone episodes. And when I saw that again, I, I like I said, I didn't recognize her because she might be a year or two older and kids grow so fast. So I didn't even make the correlation until I was looking up um, her information. And they said, yes, yeah, she she did episodes Twilight Zone, uh, My Three Sons. The Donna Reed show, which I think that was in the 50s. Wow. And then she got married, uh, had a family, retired. And uh, what I thought was sad was Bird Eye Gordon is 98 and is still alive. But Susan died a few years ago from, I think, uh, from cancer. Wow. So I thought that I thought that was sad, you know, but um, but anyway, uh, like I said, tormented. In the hands of a Hitchcock or somebody, that could have been a great movie. So it's just kind of sad. Bird Eye Gordon was just throwing it out there. And it was basically one of those movies that you you would show at the drive-in on a double feature or a triple feature. And, of course, by that point, everybody in the cars are making out anyway. and Nobody's paying any attention to the movie. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, so that was Tormented. Uh, I watched... I've been reading uh, a, another Cecil B. DeMille book. This one was uh, partially written by his granddaughter, Cecilia DeMille Presley. 
And the book has photographs of a lot of things we haven't seen in the public, not even in the book that I had suggested to Mr. Roy, uh, because a lot of these were part of the DeMille private collection. Mm. Uh, he even had, uh, <laughs> they even had a photograph of the little golden idol from the Ten Commandments that the little boys, like when they're throwing out the uh, spoils and the little boy says, oh, look, grandfather, a little golden calf with horns. And the grandfather says an idol for idol worshipers. Uh, he even had that as part of his collection. So Cecilia has a photograph of that. But um, so I started reading that and I saw one of his movies uh, that I hadn't hadn't seen before there's a bunch of them i haven't and this one was called old wives for new and this was made back in the silent era during the period where demille was doing a lot of these sort of sexy movies that we would not even think of him doing when we think of you think of demille you think the ten commandments samson the lila greatest show on earth like that um you're not thinking of him doing movies where people are talking about sexual issues and divorce. And that's when the critics were kind of sitting up and saying, all oh, this stuff will be the mill. He's amazing. Cause this is like near the beginning of Hollywood getting started. So old wives for new is dealing with divorce and adultery. Um, rich guy, he loves his kids. His kids are teenagers and kind of have heads on their shoulders, which I appreciate. They weren't those. Oh, Dad, you're going to get enough horse. What are we going to do? They weren't those types. Uh, his wife has really, 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 really let herself go uh, to the point that on some morning she doesn't even take a bath. And so he gives her an ultimatum. We're not happy with each other anymore. I'm going on a hunting trip with the son. I'll be back in like three weeks or so. And if you, I'm going to file for a divorce. I hope you agree to it. And I'll give you anything you want. While he's on the hunting trip, uh, they're over in another camp. There's a young woman and I guess the co-manager. Uh, the young woman runs like one of the fashionable dress houses in New York. So she's very well known. Uh, she's an independent businesswoman. Uh, the two of them meet, they fall in love, but of course he doesn't tell her until the three weeks is almost up that he's a married man. And once he says that, she's like, I care about you, but this can't go any further because I, I'm not going to date a man that's married. Uh, when he goes back, the wife is refusing him a divorce. Uh, on the other hand, there's a subplot involving a good friend of the husband's who is also married, but it's like the women he goes out with, he doesn't care who knows it. And a whole lot of things just kind of happen where everything just kind of clashes together. And even with all of that, it still manages to have a happy ending. But what I got out of it, and I think what DeMille was trying to say was, when you're married, you really need to work hard at it. It's a two-way street. It's not just up to one partner to carry everything, because otherwise everything's going to you know, just fall to pieces. So it was kind of a bittersweet story, but I was glad that it, it kind of surprised me how it ended. One part 
really surprised me, the other one didn't. So, yeah, if you're interested in one of DeMille's early works before he started getting to his, into his massive epics, I would say Old Wise for New would be a good one. Um, let's see. Oh, okay. Found this out the other day. I kept, I've been watching a lot, of, Nathan knows why. I've been watching a lot of uh, videos about gangster movies because I've really been getting back into those. And I kept getting this recommendation. Watch these videos from the Michael Franzese channel. And I'm like, I don't even know who that is. Who is this? Michael Franzese was a retired former capo regime for the, oh, shoot. It's either the Gambino family or the Colombo, the Colombo family. Soul Assassin knows who he is. Uh, he has been to prison. He is now a born-again Christian. He has changed his life around. He does a lot of lecturing about prison reform and like that. Um, he is very articulate. I'm just shocked that he managed to get out of the life in one piece, considering how high up he was in that family. Um, but he's got a load of YouTube videos. He does reviews of mob movies. He interviews uh, people that have been in mob movies. And he did an interview with Armand Asante. And I suddenly realized I've never seen Armand Asante's Gotti movie. Hmm. So they were discussing that. He, one of the videos they did, because it's in two parts, but I think it's in part two that they talk about the condition of the country, how much they both love America. I didn't realize Armand Asante was born in New York City. Um, they talk about Gotti, the man. And I think Franzi said he had met Gotti at one time. Um, they talk, discuss prison reform. And like Franzese was saying, you know, the prisons should actually try to reform people that can be reformed. He said, I'm not talking about serial killers or anything like that. And he said people that I knew what he was talking about, the people that get into the system and they just keep going back into the system. And Franzese was saying uh, he spent most of his life in and out of prison, either because he was serving time or he was going to visit someone who was serving time. Uh, I think his father may have been a made man from the way he was talking. I need to go back and look at a lot. Like I said, he's got so many videos. <clears throat> but anyway, I decided to watch Armand DeSantis Gotti. And I think the reason why I hadn't was because I remember when all the stuff about John Gotti was going on where they called him the Dapper Don, the Teflon Don, because none of the accusations that they were throwing against him, he always got cleared uh, or they had to drop the indictment. And the man wore these designer suits. And I mean, the public and the media just loved him. He was like another Dillinger or Al Capone, you know, where you're thinking, oh, my gosh, he is just so wonderful and that you don't know what the workings of the family was and how he got his rise to power and how he had, I think it's Paul Castellano 
that he had wiped out and sat in a car. They show that in the movie. He sits in a car and watches it when they assassinate the boss of the family. But that was so Gotti could take that next step. And then he was the boss of the family. Uh, Armand Asante is he is really good in the role. And I gave the movie three stars because the movie never hits that Godfather Goodfellas level, but he's very good in it. And watching him, of course, I'm seeing him in the parts like when he's running out of the courtroom because he's beaten another case. And it's like, okay, that's the Gotti I used to see on television. But then you show the behind the scenes stuff when he's a soldier with the family, he's working his way, you know, through the family. He's a hothead. Uh, Anthony Quinn plays kind of his mentor. And Anthony Quinn keeps telling him we have rules in place. You can't just break these rules when you feel like it, because like at one point, Dottie takes out a made man without permission. And Anthony Quinn's character has to argue for his life. He's like, I could have come in here and taken you out right now. But because I begged and told them, you're so good, I was able to save your life. But you need to watch yourself, John. You have to remember, that's why we've survived all these years, because we have rules in place. And he was a rule breaker. Um, I found out now, in the movie, they only have his one child, Frank, who was involved in it's not one they hit and run, one the neighbors accidentally hit the child and killed him, mm-hmm. and it was an accident. Okay, in the movie, John tells some of the others, you know, it was an accident, don't do anything. In reality, the neighbor vanished. They declared him dead like whatever the period of time would be. Nobody knows what happened to him. Now, some witnesses said they saw some guys throw him into a van at gunpoint. There are rumors that what as to what happened to the neighbor. There are rumors. Nobody ever admitted to it, but he vanished. So the movie kind of shows that. In actuality, John Gotti had several children, including John Jr., who became head of the family when his father was sent to federal prison. So I guess they didn't want to get into that, but supposedly they keep talking about a Gotti part two. And Armand Asante was like, in his interview with Michael Franzese, he was kind of like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know that I would ever have an interest in that because the original Gotti came out like in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. And here we are 2021. So what are they going to show John Gotti in prison as he's dying of throat cancer? I don't know that anybody really wants to sit and look at that. Yeah. But like I said, the movie, it was made for HBO. It's not bad. Anthony Quinn, he was fantastic. I loved Amanda Santi. Uh, William Forsythe, who's in another movie I'm going to talk about, he he's in it playing uh, Sammy the Bull, who was the one who turned and uh, gave state's evidence against the family, which is what brought the whole house of cards down. Yeah. And the I know the mob, the one reason why they didn't care for Gotti was because he was too out front. He was on the cover of Time magazine. He likes to talk to the media. And they're like, John, you're putting 
the, the eye on us. And we've been kind of secreted. It is like everybody whispered about the Bob, but nobody ever wanted to come out and say there was one. Mm-hmm. And he's drawing attention to it. Well, when he got imprisoned, they pretty much said that is the end of the Cosa Nostra in the United States because that that did it. So, yeah, and Nathan's right. Travolta supposedly did this. Well, not supposedly. He did a version of Gotti that I know ranked zero on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) I don't know how bad it was because I'm never going to look at it. Yeah. So, yeah, I heard it was pretty bad. So, yeah. So, uh, but I would recommend Michael Franzese's channel like i said he's he's former he's out of it he's he's a born-again christian i i like the way he talked i'm kind of curious about listening to his reviews of goodfellas and the godfather and casino and all of those so um i I, it's just kind of interesting i'm like my gosh everybody can have a youtube channel except me i don't have one <laughs> but, but again, the chat's like, when's the channel coming? <laughs> so, uh, and my other free star movie was I told Nathan about this, and I hope Nathan got uh, the link uh, that I sent him. But um, Dark Corners Reviews, another YouTube channel I recommend. They did a longer video about the debut movies for directors and i reason why i brought it up to nathan was because reservoir dogs was tarantino's debut movie and um one of the others they mentioned i had seen it in the past but i was like you know what i'm gonna rewatch it it's dementia 13 which was the directorial debut for francis ford coppola Hmm. and it's a around 70 minutes and it's a Roger Corman production. Uh, Coppola had worked with Corman before, you know, like behind the scenes kind of stuff. And I guess Corman said, hey, Francis, you want to make a movie? Here's Here's $20,000. Oh, write me up a script that's like Psycho, but not Psycho. So Coppola knocks out the script originally I think was going to be called Dementia and then they slapped the 13 on it because I think there was another movie at the time called Dementia so they were like well we have to keep this separate so slap something on there Uh, Francis got some additional funding by selling uh, the theater Uh, not rights but like hey we're going to have this movie that's it's like Psycho, but not Psycho. And so the theater was like, oh, yeah, put me in for that. So Francis knocks this movie out. And the only, there's one English actor that's in it. I know I've got his name on Letterboxd. Um, he and William Campbell are the only two people you might know. And William Campbell would be known to Star Trek fans because he was in the Squire of Gotham's first season of the original Trek. And um, he's kind of the lead. But 
By the way, the uh, movie... Glinzer came in and said to uh, $5 Super Chat, says, proud to be a fan of OMB Reviews, but it's time for TMB Reviews, <laughs> Tina's movie blog. Well, you can go on my letterbox and kind of see that. <laughs> kind of it's blog. not the same, Tina. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, Dementia 13, the psycho but not quite psycho. Um, and I'm not giving away anything here, but uh, this gold digger, she's married to this uh, guy that's part of a wealthy Irish family. The funny thing is, I don't think anyone in this movie, even though it was set in Ireland, I don't think anybody had an Irish accent except the people in the town and the doctor. And uh, the husband, he decides he's going to go row his boat in the middle of the freaking night and so she's like well I'll come with you because she needs to harass him some more uh, she wants his mother to change the will so it'll be more in her favor and he's like you know I I'm already thinking about getting divorced I don't know why I married you anyway well he has a heart attack and she's trying to roll them back to shore but he's already dead so thinking off the top of her head which kind of makes you wonder uh, she dumps the body overboard with the radio, goes back to their house, packs all the bags just like she's packing for him, types a letter saying like, dear mom, can't come, but uh, my, the wife's gonna come. Sorry I can't be there, blah, blah, blah. And then she throws his luggage and his typewriter into the lake with him. And so she goes to the family estate where there's two brothers left. Uh, William Campbell is engaged to an American. Uh, he's a sculpture, like his father before him. Uh, Mom is a few fries short of a happy meal. <laughs> and then the other son, he's just, I don't know, he's moody. And we have a few murders in it. And, and there's blood, so psycho, not psycho. But it's actually not a bad movie if you don't go into it thinking, oh, this is Francis Ford Coppola, this is going to be God. No, this is not Godfather level. This is like eight or ten years before The Godfather. But it's kind of nice seeing where he came from. You know, and, oh, he and Corman did butt heads on the movie because I think Corman thought there was going to be more blood and murders than ended up in it. And so he wanted to like edit the movie and Francis is saying, I'm not touching my movie. Don't you touch my movie. And so they're butting heads. And another person that I found out who worked for Roger Corman did not know this. Gary Kurtz, who of course went on to fame with uh, Star Wars. Hmm. Uh, he said he remembered the arguments between Francis and uh, uh, Corman. So it's kind of funny now that I'm seeing all these names because I know at one point Coppola, Gary Kurtz, George Lucas, and a few others were going to go to Vietnam during the height of the Vietnam War and shoot something called Apocalypse Now during the war. And... Uh, <laughs> George was like, no, I, I'm good. I, I've changed my mind. I'm going to go make my space movie. 
And so Francis is like, fine, I'm going to go make my Godfather movies and I'll make my Vietnam movie later. So the rest, as they say, is history. General Winkster, that's a terrible wife. <laughs> hey, at least it's not like the earlier film. That would have been even worse. Oh, like the, old? The... One print, she didn't actually kill him. She just took advantage of his death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. She was, uh, and she pulls a couple of other little nasty stunts. So, uh, but anyway, no, it's a fun movie. It's like, uh, when they mentioned it on Doc Corner's review, I was like, yes, that was Francis Ford Coppola's uh, first movie. But yeah, they were kind of going through all these directors that if you study film history or you know a lot of them to, from, you know, from today. And it's like, wow, that was their first movie. I'm going to check that out. So, yeah, Dimension 13 is fine. And it's free on YouTube. Make sure you don't watch. There's some dementia 13 that was made like a few years ago do not watch that um is it a remake or is it just like a very different movie i think it's a very different movie and they slapped the title on it but no if you want to see the dementia 13 cult cinema classics has it on his channel so you get to see it for free and like i said if you got like 70 75 minutes to spend yeah there you go nice so Nathan, Apocalypse Now and Godfather, I'm I'm biased. I would say the Godfather, but Apocalypse Now is great. The problem was it went through a whole lot of edits. Mm-hmm. And there's like one scene in there where I saw the behind the scenes and Coppola saying we will never speak of the scene again. And I think it's in the restored version after all. So that meant he went ahead and approved it. But no, heart, the Hearts of Darkness, the behind the scenes about yeah. the making of Apocalypse Now, it's fantastic. I, I've never watched a director slowly go insane while making <laughs> a movie. So, yeah, highly recommend that. And I saw you got a super chat if you want to grab that, and then I'll do my last two. Yes. Uh, so a couple of these. So one just came in uh, from The R., Thank you for that $10 super chat saying happy assumption of Mary day. Absolutely. Blessed feast of the assumption of Mary for sure. The R thank you very much for that. Um, also Dante a Moses had a couple of super chats. So he had a $2 super chat saying much love for Friday night tights. I sub for, uh, because of it. Well, thank you Dante. And then he had a question of, uh, if I may ask a religious question, one of the 10 rules is thou shall not use my name in vain. I believe that means vanity as in thou shall not dip into the church funds. Jesus was a carpenter, not a preacher. You know, well, he was both. He was a carpenter and he was a preacher. I mean, sermon on the Mount, uh, kind of, I think makes that very clear, uh, that he very much was into preaching. Um, as far as the uh, commandment of thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain, uh, it's not the same type of vanity that you are thinking of. However, uh, that it's never okay to dip into church funds for one's own self help. Um, and I, I know that you had mentioned in the chat to clarify that comment about people who buy mansions and that's never okay. Uh, whether it's in a, uh, a Protestant church, whether it's in the Catholic church, if a pastor, if a priest, if a bishop is going into the funds that are meant to keep up the church, to keep things running and to take care of missionary work, if they are using that to pay for expensive things that they clearly do not need, then no, that's never okay. So that that has actually nothing to do with the commandment. That's just not okay at all. uh, Because obviously that very much goes into Christ's teaching about 
uh, you know, obviously several parables about rich people, especially, right? It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. And obviously that has a lot uh, to do with it. Yeah, someone mentioned Joel Olstein. Yeah, so a lot of these mega churches, those I think are very, um, I have a lot of problems with mega churches. However, there are- Beyond the whole word of faith movement anyways and saying that if you're ill, you deserve it and stuff like that. So yeah. it's not Christian. It's not Christian, yeah. period. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's why I would also- um, yeah, hunky chunky, you're right. You know, that shall not steal, right? And if you are taking money that's meant for one thing and taking it for something else, that that is theft. So hopefully that answers that question, Dante. And uh, is everyone, uh, uh, Mr. Roy, K Man, Rosetta, y'all, y'all, all good? Bobby just brought me food, so I have to go off camera. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. So see, t- Olga House of Shame is part of the Olga Cinematic Universe. <laughs> watch, it, watch it soon from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the Disney animated classic? <laughs> Olga House of Shame. <laughs> and Will is in the chat. He says, hey, those mega pastors need their private jets. How else will they spread the word of their Lord? Ah, yes. Of course. Of course, Will. Hello, Will. Hey, Will. Thanks Thank for being in the chat. Yeah, Nathan just I said he heard Apocalypse and I had a trouble production similar to Jaws. Oh, uh, <laughs> Jaws was a picnic compared to the making of Apocalypse now. It was like Francis didn't want the studio people to come in to see what he was doing because he just kept spending more and more and more. And they're like, Francis, we need to know where this money is going. And he was depending on the uh, Filipino government. Uh, for the you know the military and the uh, the the uh, the fighter jets and everything, and they were fighting a war against the communists at the time. So if they needed to go blow up a jungle, they would take off in the middle of a scene. Because I think there's a part in Hearts of Darkness where Coppola's going, well, there they go, and and they're just flying off because they had an actual mission to do. And Martin Sheen had a heart attack. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, I think, was 14 when he made the movie. And he lied about his That's age. Right. So that That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. Somebody tell me his name. Dennis. Hopper. Hopper. I think he was hopped up during the whole movie. When is he not hopped up? I when mean... was he not hopped up? <laughs> Brando. No, um, Dennis Hopper is legitimately on drugs pretty much throughout the whole movie. <laughs> I figured he yeah. was. <laughs> I figured he was. And, of course, Brando, Coppola tells him, you know, read the script, uh, uh, read the book, the Joseph Conrad book, Hearts of Darkness. Brando comes in, of course, he's gained all this weight, uh, and it's pretty much like you've got me for a few days. So that's the reason why that that one scene in there is is pretty much ad libbed because he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, it was just oh, it makes Jaws look like a, a walk in the park. Oh, your little shark doesn't work. Big deal. I, I've got the Filipino military flying out of here, and I'm trying to shoot this big scene. You know, so. Yeah, I, I'm really I'm I'm shocked that the movie turned out as well as it did. I remember all the controversy at the time. Mm-hmm. 
And then George Lucas tells Francis, oh, well, I could have made this a whole lot cheaper. Yes, but George, would it have had Ewoks in it or something? You know. <laughs> so anyway. But yeah, Nathan. <laughs> that was Apocalypse Now. But yeah. like I said, I'm biased. So yeah, I love that's a classic. Yeah. That's a, it's a classic. Okay, so my last two movies, uh, and these were my five-star movies. Um, I'll hit Godfather first because oh my gosh, I I have been in love with that movie since the first time I saw it. I mean, it was so funny. My mother used to say, "I th- think we know the uh, the Corleones better than we know our own family." Um, but I just it was just like the pinnacle. I just I I adored it so much, and I had. There was a school teacher I had at the time. Godfather was up against Cabaret for Best Picture. He was so upset that he was like, and it's a gangster movie winning Best Picture over Cabaret. Well, I saw Cabaret years later, and it's an okay movie, but it's not The Godfather. No. So, I mean, there's not enough I can say about The Godfather because I just love it. So much and it's just like um, it's almost perfection in movie making uh, but every time I watch it or I rewatch it uh, I always catch little little things and that's the reason why I've started delving into some of these channels that analyze the movies and everything um, uh, because sometimes they bring up things that maybe I've thought about and I'm like oh my gosh somebody else brought, thought about it too Case in point, Godfather 2. Who opened the draperies in Michael and Kay's bedroom? We can speculate about it, but nobody actually knows. And somebody was in one of the comments and said, why are we talking about this? It's like, why are you even in this? You know, if that hasn't made you think about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, one of the things that I did notice in Godfather was like the tear that trickles from Vito's eye when uh, Michael's at the hospital and saves him because he knows there's getting ready to be another hit on his dad. And you know, Vito, this is not the life he ever wanted for Michael. But now because Michael's done this, he's kind of stepped into it now. Even though I know the one police officer tells uh, uh, the police captain, uh, well, he's a war hero. You know, and I mean, so they all know who he is. He's a civilian. Uh, he's a war hero. Uh, one conversation that came up on one of the channels was about had Michael ever killed any anybody uh, at that point? And they were like, well, yeah, because if you I saw there were a lot of military that was in this one chat that were talking about all those medals that Michael is wearing on his on his uniform. It's not only a Purple Heart, but there are other medals that they award only the best. So that meant Michael was probably leaving, leading a corps at some point. He had to make decisions. He had to stay level-headed if he was going to get his men out alive. So when Sonny makes that little comment about, oh, college boy getting blood all over your your nice clothes and, you know, you got to walk up and pop them in the head or whatever it is Sonny's line is. I don't think Sonny realized what 
he may have known, he may have had a general idea, but I don't think he actually knew what his brother had been through. And it was for Clemenza to say in that one scene to Michael, we were all real proud of you, Mike, for what you did. You know, so even if the old man never came out and said it, there you go. Um, but I always find these little things in Godfather, the Luca Brazzi stuff. I had read about in the book and I understand why it can never be shown in the movie because I don't, the studio would have said there is no way you're letting that scene through because Luca Brazzi did something so horrendous. No. Mm -mm. And all I'll have to do is say it had to do with a girl he was involved with and she got pregnant with his child and he did not because I think the girl was Irish, so he did not want her to survive, and he did not want the child to survive, and that's all I'm going to say. Mm -hmm. If you've read the book, you know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And Coppola wanted to put it in the movie, and then I guess came to his senses and said, there is no way that's getting past the censors. Yeah. So I, I, I've been very happy. Nathan originally had, I hate calling him out, but Nathan originally hadn't cared for the godfather and he rewatched it and he absolutely loves it now and did a really good review on it on his letterbox so i'm gonna give him uh i'm gonna give him a big thumbs up but yeah joey horn i think it's something we don't really think about we know michael was in the was in the military but yeah when you see the military people that were in that one channel's comments and they're saying this medal was for this this medal was for that that medal was for that and then you realize oh my gosh he really was a war hero so um yeah so the guy who played luca brazzi was a member of one of the five the the official five family in new york and Kovala just kind of fell in love with the guy. <laughs> so, yeah, that that that's just like the horse's head. Yeah, that was a real horse head, but it was a horse that had already died. And they just used the head for that famous scene in the movie. Wow. So. So anyway, so that was, yeah, that was Godfather. And <sighs> the other what did somebody women somebody said in Hollywood we're going to remake the Godfather Tina growling sounds chainsaw starting up yeah horses horses heads in beds yeah that yeah would not be would not be happy uh, I did find out that Godfather three they had originally intended it for the late seventies which would have been a little bit after Godfather two. But the script they wrote didn't sound like The Godfather. It's like Michael's at the beginning and he's at the end. And the rest of the movie is about his son, Anthony, going into the CIA and trying to break up some foreign country, which is, I know the CIA was involved in a lot of that. And then he finds out the Corleones were, I don't know, it was a big mess. And then at the end of the script, it's like Mike, uh, Anthony decides to come back to the family business anyway. It was really, it was like, that's not the Godfather. That's some spy movie and you're slapping Godfather 3 on it. So, and then of course we got the Godfather 3. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Francis and the behind the scenes is like, oh, my, my daughter Sophia, she's been in all three of my movies. It's like, well, in the first two, she didn't say anything. In the third one, she did. <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, this last the, movie is the one that uh, <laughs> Bryant Barth keeps on uh, harassing me about. <laughs> uh, I'm going to I'm going to give my warning when I do my review, but the last one I saw was I had seen it before. Me and my mother used to watch it all the time and we've seen both versions. Uh, it's um, Sergio Leone's Once Upon a Time in America. And the history of the movie is pretty much as good as the movie. Uh, I remember when it came out and because it was all in the news. Um, it was released by the Ladd Corporation. Uh, the Ladd Corporation was uh, founded by Alan Ladd Jr., the son of the great Alan Ladd, the actor. Alan Ladd Jr. was the person who greenlit Star Wars at Fox when Fox was saying, we don't even want to touch this crap. Mm. And Alan Ladd Jr. was kind of like, I see some potential in, in it and we can just throw a little money at it. If it doesn't do well, whatever. So I had some respect for him for that. Um, the lab corporation released Blade Runner, the original. They also released one of my all time favorite movies, the right stuff. Um, the first we heard of Once Upon a Time in America, we knew it was being made. And the next me and my mom heard about it was that, it received a 20-minute, I think, standing ovation. This is at a time when they didn't do this sort of thing. It received a 15 to 20-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival. I don't know if it won the Palme d'Or or not, but the critics were proclaiming this is one of the greatest movies ever made. It's Godfather-level great. The studio decided, uh, the studio did a preview at some local theater and it, the four plus hours did not go over well. So they told Leon, we need you to cut it. Mm. So Leon cut it, but he said, I can't cut it anymore because if I do, it's going to cut the bare bones of the story. The studio took it away from him. Hired either an underexperienced or inexperienced editor who chopped it up without any thought to where what's what scene was supposed to go where. And this is what Lad Corporation released. Mm -hmm. And the critics that had seen it said this is not the same movie. Sergio Leone fought with the studio so much that they said they think that led to his death. This was his final movie. Um, what they released was just a beaten corpse. They killed it. They mutilated it. And then they released it out on the street. And I told, uh, I wrote in my review that this is, this is one of those things that, oh, they even changed the ending. But this is one of those things that drives me crazy when I hear the studios and directors are fighting and then the studio says, well, we'll just take the movie and we'll cut it how we want. Because 
we need to show it in more time slots. Uh, uh, we don't get what that scene is, whatever the case might be. Um, Fritz Lang had it with Metropolis. Uh, the American version of Metropolis is nothing like the official German version. Uh, it even has a different plot line because the studio cut it up. Uh, the most famous would be Eric von Stroheim and his Greek. Where we don't think we'll ever recover what was cut from the movie. We only have photographs that were shot on the set and Kenneth Brownlow, uh, Kevin Brownlow and some other uh, people that work on movie restoration were able to kind of work that into the four hour version. But Eric von Stroheim said, I mean, because the, the, it devastated him. He said it was as if a man's beloved was run over by a truck maimed beyond recognition. He goes to see her in the morgue. Of course, he still loves her, but it's only the memory of her that he can love because he doesn't recognize her anymore. That's pretty much what the Ladd Corporation and Warner Brothers did to Once Upon a Time in America. I don't know that Leon knew that quote. But that's what they did. But you have Von Stroheim. You have Fritz Lang. Um, I know they want Paramount wanted to chop up Reds and Warren Beatty had enough power at the time to say, no, you're not touching my movie. And how many other directors have studios come in and said, we're taking the movie from you. We're going to cut it the way we want. And I don't care how much you dislike or like somebody. That's why we ended up with the Snyder Cut. Because the fans are saying we know something else is out there. You took the movie from him and you either gave it to another director or you chopped it up the way you want it. Well, that's what they did with Leon's movie. So I dislike that because the director no longer has control of the vision that they have or what they intended. So they released this, what I called Once Upon a Time in America, the studio is stupid cut. <laughs> Even my mom and I are sitting there looking at it on, I, I think, VHS, and we're like, nothing's flowing right. Characters are doing something. That we, why are they doing that? And there's a scene near the end where the secret door pops open, and we're like, how did De Niro even know that that door was there? Because they had to set it up. They just The editor just went in that, chop, 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 here we go. Okay. Then they finally released, I guess, the three-hour, 45-minute, close-to-four-hour version. It was like night and day. What was so funny was that the studio cut made most of the worst movies of that year. The restored version made most of the best movies of that same year. I, I, I've never seen anything like it. It's insane. And I looked up how much the movie cost in today's numbers, it would have cost about 79 million mm. in today's numbers. It made 13 million at the box office. Wow. And I think that had a lot to do with people had heard, okay, there's another version of this out there. Why didn't you release that? But instead you release this, this beaten corpse. So the extended version finally got released. My mother and I saw it on cable. We saw it on VHS. I think my mother owned it on VHS. Like I said, it was like night and day. It wasn't even the same movie. The version I just saw is the, I guess, 
final restored version thanks to Sergio Leone's children and Martin Scorsese. They were able to find some scenes that had never been seen before. Uh, they got them restored as much as possible because I think they were from like a rough cut or the working cut mm. where the, the things that they use do the edits off of. Yeah. So they were able to rework those back into the movie, but they're not in the best of condition. And my suggestion is, like I said in my review, come down off the high horse. This movie's been through a lot. The restored scenes, you'll be able to tell because they're grainier, but just deal with it because it's part of the movie as a whole. It is back pretty much back to what Leon would have wanted. Yeah. Um, and the movie itself for those that are curious, you're like, oh my gosh, Tina, you've talked about the background on this. The movie itself is about Jewish mobsters, which really does not get a lot of talk, but they existed. Benjamin Bugsy Siegel was one. Meyer Lansky was one. Um, Lefty Rosenthal, which, Nathan, I forgot to let you know. I don't think you've seen Casino yet. But the character that De Niro plays in Casino was based on Lefty Rosenthal. So that was another high-profile Jewish mobster. But this uh, Once Upon a Time in America is about a gang. I guess they're kind of independent mobsters. They don't seem to be connected with any sort of a family. And once Prohibition ends, that means all the bootlegging money is going to dry up. And so when the movie starts, we're in 1933. An incident happens which drives De Niro's character, Noodles, out of New York. But he returns in 1968. And the way the movie is cut, it just flows very naturally. So you're not like, oh, we're in the 1960s now. Um, he's received a letter from the rabbi because they're moving some of the families bodies from the cemetery the thing is nobody was supposed to know where he is plus that the rabbi sent out these letters like eight months before so now somebody found out where noodles was he's back in new york it's been 30 some years are they getting ready to commit some kind of retribution and why would you wait 30 some years so the movie is in flashbacks to i guess the late tens where Noodles and the boys he grew up with, you see them in the Jewish community of New York. And I think I mentioned like in Godfather 2, when Vito's delivering groceries, you see the Italian neighborhood. Well, in this is like, okay, well, this is another part of New York. This is the Jewish community. So you see them going to Sabbath services at the synagogue and you see all the, the Jewish stores and everything. Uh, you see the Hasidic Jews walking on the streets and Noodles and his little gang. I mean, they usually they'll roll a drunk or, you know, something like that. Um, and then they start kind of helping out this one top bootlegger, even though they've been working for this other guy who's just kind of pretty much a street thug that has his uh, gang uh an incident happens and noodles is out of the picture for a while but when the character comes back now we have robert de niro and uh the other grown-up character of course is james woods who gives the one of the performances of his life um 
William Forsyth, who I mentioned played Sammy the Bull in the Gotti movie, is also in this. Uh, oh, one person I forgot to mention. Uh, Noodles is in love with a young girl named Deborah, and she is played by a young Jennifer Connelly, hmm. which this might have been her first movie. But you look at her face, even if you didn't know she was in it, you can look at the face and go, wait a minute, I think I know who that is, but she's an adult now. But she was very beautiful then. But Deborah wants to get out of the neighborhood. It's not that she doesn't love everybody, but she wants a better life for herself. And Noodles is, I mean, he's head over heels in love with her. She cares about him too, but she knows he's probably going to be a thug for the rest of his life. Why do I want to get hooked up to that? So you see these ups and downs in their lives, but my warning, this is the reason why I know you, Brian, have been saying, Tina, get Odin to watch this. Okay, here's my warning. There are two explicit rape scenes in this movie. Mm. I, and, and I mean, they're explicit. Yeah. One is on and off camera. The other one is totally on camera. So if you're bothered by that, if this would bring down what you would think of the movie, and I understand why it's in the movie, I would say do not watch this yeah. because that's all that's going to be in your head. Oh, my God, they had these two rape scenes in it. Yeah. The violence, uh, you do see missing skin. You see bone in some some you know, in some moments, um, it's fairly explicit. There's only a couple of really major, like, shootouts, bloodbaths. So maybe fewer than you would see in, say, Goodfellas or yeah. um, Godfather. But if you're bothered by that, no, do not touch this movie. Yeah. Uh, there is... Seems like it's a tough film to, to find as well, at least, like, as far as like, I, the additions, you know? I want this movie. I, I lucked out. My brother has all three versions on Voodoo. Yeah. So when I saw the four plus hour, I was like, that's it. So that, that was how I saw it. But I wanted it for my library. I went on Amazon. It's very difficult to find on Amazon. Some people thought they were ordering the restored version, but it was all in the Japanese language. Yeah. That's the, that's the one that like was the first one that popped up. That's the first one that pops up. Um, I went on eBay and there is not a copy that's under a hundred dollars. Wow. I just don't see me getting it. And I, yeah. and I want it. I want it in physical. I know he has it on digital, but it's like, no, I need it on physical. Yeah. So, but I, it's just that people really, they so appreciate what this movie is and how great it is. And like I said, in my review, I forget about it all the time because I, you know, when somebody says, what's your favorite gangster movie? Oh, well, Godfather, Godfather 2, Goodfellas, Casino, uh, the original Scarface, the modern Scarface. And then I think, oh, my gosh, Once Upon a Time in America. I never think about that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Ennio Morricone's score. Ennio Morricone, just, yeah. It's magnificent. Oh, he's, he's so good. Pan, there's this pan flute that place throughout the movie deborah's theme is just it's heartbreaking it's just a it's a great movie i don't slap five star reviews on everything but yeah. this i when i looked at it i was like i have forgotten how good this is and 
but like I said, and the, and there's some female nudity in it too. So, mm-hmm. like I said, if you're bothered by those sort of things, I would say don't watch this because I think that would end up coloring the rest of the movie for you, and because that's all you can think about. But if you can get around those and understand why they're in the movie, and you're talking about gangsters, and this is the lifestyle they're living. I highly recommend it and just button up for four plus hours, but it never felt like four hours to me. And like Leone said, there are short movies that can bore you to tears. And then there are longer movies that you're so caught up in them. You don't even notice. So that that's it. And Rob D. Yeah. If it's four hours and 39 minutes, I think that's going to be the final restoration. I'm honestly so, surprised that a, a company like Criterion hasn't tried to pick it up and, um, you know, do something with it, you know, because I feel like, yeah. you know, especially with films like this, which seemingly, I guess, are out of print, seems like the rights would be up for grabs. That, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's what I'm kind of thinking. I don't know what the rights are right now. Um I was really surprised when I found out that Leone's children with Scorsese had done this. And I'm becoming very appreciative of Martin Scorsese, especially in his love for film restoration. Um, But yeah, you can go on YouTube. There are some old, old interviews with uh, De Niro and James Woods and uh, Scorsese about Uh, bringing the movie back together and the filming of the movie. And uh, there have been several film festivals. I think the one in Austin, I think they had one to show the complete movie. But yeah, I just hate that. I I just don't have a hundred plus dollars to spend to buy this, you know, restored version. And I, I don't even think it's on, I don't even, I'm not even sure if it's on Blu-ray or not. Yeah. It's going to be one that I'm definitely going to do some research on as well. So, thank you for sharing that. Hi. By the way, Andrew Hoyle jumping in at the last minute. Hello. 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 Hey, what is that? Hey. Is that someone from from the Hello. from England? I'm over here in merry old England. <laughs> oh, great! Another Brit. I mean, well, poor, poor blimey, governor. Dracolite, <laughs> governor. <laughs> Sorry, did I say that? <laughs> and Andrew's the one who told me Mr. H is Cockney. I had no idea. Oh. Yeah, during oh. the last part of that, River climbed into my lap, and so now she's just, you know, being a sweet little little puppy there. Like, you have been talking to them too long. Where is my attention now? Yeah. How you doing, sweetie? Doing okay? Huh? You like it all this attention? How's it going, Andrew? It's going okay. <laughs> Didn't want to interrupt while you were doing your thing, so... Oh, but thank, thank you. No, I'm just so totally passionate about that movie. I'm like, I... I need a copy of it so yeah. so much. But <laughs> well, I'll do some hunting, and if I can find find a couple, I'll have to try and see if I can get one your way, since I know you really want I one. Appreci- I appreciate oh. it. Yeah, that go right next to my Godfather one and two. So <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I think there's a couple of super chats. 
to get to, and then we'll 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 start to wrap things up because I my bladder is about to explode. Um, oh uh, no, that's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, so Dante Moses, thank you for another ten dollars super chat, dude. He says today is his last day of non sobriety. He says no alcohol, nicotine, herb, or anything after today. Pray for me. Much love for me and my girlfriend. Absolutely, Dante. Uh, again, obviously it can be difficult, especially going, uh, you know, cold Turkey, but, uh, you can do it, dude. Uh, so if you're still listening to this or you're listening back to this, God bless you, man. And you got this. And then Glinzer at, uh, uh, Tina had, had read earlier. It says, Hollywood, we're going to remake the Godfather. Tina growling sounds chainsaw starting up. Yeah, pretty much. If, if anyone's house ever gets destroyed and it's just after the announcement of a Godfather remake happens, we'll know who it is. We'll know who, who, who it was. Uh, let's see rob d then says are there any films that you or the chosen think didn't benefit from their respective extended cut well for the sake of time i i can name one uh it's (laughs) batman versus superman there i said it it's just as bad with 30 extra minutes i haven't seen either one so good uh you've you've saved um, river <laughs> you're just ridiculous but anyway let's just it go it doesn't matter which version that movie sucks exactly we'll just go down the horn now with any last <laughs> thoughts that anyone has as river is trying to tear my legs apart uh so we'll start off actually with andrew hoyle first and last things from andrew hoyle A- andrew hoyle Hello? Hello. There he is. Hello. Hello. There's been an audio problem here, sorry. Yeah. So, anything that you want to say before we call well, it? Well, I had tons to talk about, but you know, <sighs> won't extend, so I'll save it for next time. Well, you're three and a half hours late, so you know. I know. <laughs> I was going to talk about the best film I've seen this year, but you know, whatever. Well, you can name it. What's the best film you've seen? Um, I, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called The Tomorrow War. Oh, I hate it's you so much. The best things I've ever seen. Oh, I hate you so much. Triggered. I'm triggered. River's triggered too. You couldn't tell. <laughs> it's a trigger. It's a trigger. It's about the war tomorrow, right? Yes. Did you just show up so you could troll him to his face a little before it ends? Oh, no, I've been doing it all week. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I meant you just showed in so you could say it to his face before we end the stream. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, that's your moment, Andrew. Uh, Mr. Okay, Roy. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Mr. Roy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Roy. Uh, any last thing you want to say? Uh, I just want to get a quick shout-out to two YouTubers. Uh, I'll shout the YMS. He... Did a review of space the new Space Jam movie? I think it's really spot on. I recommend people give it a watch. You said YMS? Oh, uh, uh, YMS. Uh, YMS. Your movies suck. Oh yeah, 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 okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, he has a review of um, the new um, Space Jam movie that I think is really spot on. <laughs> nice. And also, I'll give a shout out to Critical Drinker for shouting out um, the movie Dos Boat, which is one of my favorite um, war that. movies. Nice. Yeah, yeah it's, it's very rare to see someone shout that movie out, and I really like when people do it because I, I think it's a, a movie that's kind of slid under the radar yeah. for like war films. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty much it. Nice, very good. Well, thank you for being here, as always. Uh, Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. 
Rosetta, any last things you want to say? Their crazy antics. It was nice to see Will and Hunky in the chat. Other than that, I am going to be very, very busy the next few weeks. So if I don't talk to you guys much or I don't message people much, it ain't personal. It's work. It's a good kind of busy. Thank you for being here, Rosetta. All the final things I need to get done for my summer photos before everything starts closing down for fall. Yes. Well, thank you for being here. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Uh, ZK Man. We have to say uh, pretty much next week's uh, be off and online when I get everything ready to move. Uh, other than that, uh, if you want to get the or just remember to vote the K-Man in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you're looking for something boring and uh, policy instead of personality, 2024, vote for the K-Man. Thank you for being here, man. <laughs> and we, of if course... If you're not looking for anything boring, look for Tina. This is true. And speaking of which, Tina, any last things to say? <laughs> um... Hashtag Poirot is not an action hero. I know you said on the chat the other day, um, I think Tina liked that movie. And I was like, I'm kind of middling about it. Yeah. But uh, I don't know why he had him jumping around like an action hero. That just got on my nerves. Yeah. But uh, I guess they left. The only thing I would say is I got my USO newsletter today because I subbed to them. And uh, their e-newsletter. And today is VJ Day. So I just like to salute everybody that I know it's VJ Day, but uh like to salute everybody that served. And for those who fought in the Pacific Theater, which I know how horrible it was because I've known people who had family that thought, fought in the Pacific Theater. I had an uncle who helped build, I guess, the Burma Road, which I know was not easy because I've read about it. And I, you know, that was, it was just a rough war all the way around. And that's an understatement, but I, yeah. I know that the Japanese were not going to surrender anytime soon. And God knows how many hundreds of thousands of men would have died trying to bring the mainland under control. So I'm sorry the bombs got dropped, but it did make them surrender sooner. And I have to weigh the options in that. It was a total war. That's what total war means. So... I know that got super serious there, but, you know, I'm just, I am very hardcore about that sort of thing. And I can't imagine what Truman went through thinking that he was going to have to do this. But like I said, it was a total war. It brought, they surrendered completely. And then we knocked that emperor worship out of them because they had to realize you know, they couldn't do that. And I guess that's getting into cultural appropriation or whatever. But I don't care. So that's all I'm going to, that's what I'm going to end with. Okay. A blessed, you know, thank the Lord, DJ Day. 
Okay. Definitely pray so, for our soldiers, especially the ones uh, who are. And especially now like with this, that's what over. I was thinking. I yeah. was like DJ day and now this stuff in Afghanistan. So, yeah. Oh, so anyway, but thank you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, the one thing that I will say is obviously, you know, at the time they only had so much information to go off on, you know, very different time, different era. Um, and so it's, it's always hard to judge the decisions made in decades past when we're looking at it through the lens of hindsight and, you know, 2021 and instant information. Uh, but obviously, you know, I do also, uh, pray for, cause obviously there were many innocent people who, who, who died in, in the bombings as well. And so, always going to take the full full context of everything right so pray for the soldiers those that had to make the decisions and then also those that were impacted by it as well um but but with that thank you all for being here andrew hoyle coming on to troll me like that (laughs) and not troll me with the worst movie ever made uh anyway thank you all very much for being here Soul Assassin, I think, has a great way to end it. He says, The Godmother with Brie Larson as a young Michelle Corleone. Uh, let that... Oh, that's... <laughs> let that that's simmer. Horror. No, do the Olga Cinematic <laughs> Universe instead. <laughs> <laughs> flip the entire story and she dies in the beginning and the whole movie is about the family celebrating the death. No! We must have Michelle. Uh, anyway, thank no! you all for being here. Uh, let me shout out my members. I forgot to do it last night. Uh, who are the Army of Asgard level and above on YouTube? Got Cornelius Schultz, uh, Fetigator, Gonzalo Borgali, Soul Extraction, George Molo, uh, Grimm's Math, Wicked Plumber, Sean ATHF, Gomer Kyle 79, Kara Tharp, uh, Dadman Walking 55, M Tax Shark, Forever Sci Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, uh, who I don't really want to shout out right now, uh, Orange Eye Reviews, <laughs> Jay Stowe, and Aiden Vickery. Uh, thank you all. And again, a huge shout out to my chosen for joining me today. Even the ones that show up late, like our friend from the UK. Hour late. Yeah, Tina. <laughs> Three hour plus late. I mean, come on. But anyway, <laughs> that's going to be it for us today, everybody. Thank you again for your love and for your support. And uh, also shout out to because um, I have not added him yet to the video, but he is he's been in the chat quite a bit t- today. Uh, so uh, Joey's movie blog, thank you for becoming a new member over on Patreon. I'll make sure I get you added to the shout out video. But anyway, you guys are great. Thank you again for your love and support. Smash the like before you head out. And as always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my August locals, Patreon, and subscribe star members. Starting off with my locals crew, Cat's App, The Real It, D Sharp, Bifford the Hobbit, Robert Barnes, and Goblin Squatch. Thank you all very much for supporting me over on Locals. And now on to my Patreon members, Andrew Hoyle, Brian P., Christopher Bowman, Dion, Don Bruno de la Mancha, Father Christopher Miller, hail to you, Father. Father Damien Cook, Garrett Searles, Harold Francis, Inflamed Wood, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, Lance, Laura, the Modern Major General's Story, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mondo Spieler, Mr. Peabody, On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Rosetta Allen, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, 
Tina Bojan, and Tina B, the Empress of the Universe. Thank you very much for supporting me over on Patreon. And lastly, to my subscribe star peeps, Fast Reaction, Nosferatu Gatsu, John B, Perpetual Punster, Mr. Roy, Glinzer, J. Alex McCarthy Jr., Dean Heiss, slash the new number two, J-Rod the Beer Guru, and Zikayman. And a shout out to one new member, Hannibal Grimm. Thank you all very much for supporting me on Subscribestar and to everyone for supporting me on these platforms. Also, a shout out to all of my YouTube members. You get shouted out at the end of every single live stream. And if you want to have your name shouted out at the end of every live stream and every video, please check out my locals Patreon subscribe star. Uh, and you can go ahead and find those links in the top link of this description. You can find it's called the Willow link and it'll have a list to literally all of the social media platforms and all of the different ways that you can support the channel. If you join at the $1 level, you can actually get your name shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream. $5 level gives you that plus you get access to exclusive giveaways of 4k titles right now i've got tons of 4k steelbooks to give away this month including for top gun i also have a quiet place part two I have Snatch on 4K, the John Wick Trilogy on 4K, and also I have a Sicario 4K disc as well, and a bunch of others that are going to be coming in this month too. So if you want to have access to any of those types of exclusive giveaways, join at the Army of Asgard level. At the $10 level, the Keeper of the Bifrost level, you get all of that, plus you get access to exclusive behind-the-scenes videos, including instant reactions when I go to see movies. I do quick little filmings of myself and talk about the films that I have seen and my instant reactions to that. You also get access to an exclusive podcast that I do with John on the flick pick flickinger once or twice a month and you get to also ask us any question that you want we put a Q&A post up and you get to ask us what whatever it is that you want to ask so again if that sounds cool to you Keeper of the Bifrost level. And lastly, there is the Chosen of Valhalla level, where you get all that stuff plus in your first month as a Chosen of Valhalla member you get a free t-shirt your choice. Ship it anywhere in the world. And also you get to once a month be featured on the OMB Reviews channel and you get to Talk with me. We usually chill out for three to four hours, and I like ask everyone what they've been watching, what they want to talk about, what they want to promote, and it's always a really good time. And so if that sounds interesting to you, please consider joining. Uh, that is going to be on Subscribestar and on Patreon only, as Locals is just the keeper of the Bifrost level. But anyway, thank you all very much for your time, for your support, and for listening to this shout-out video. You're all amazing and beautiful people. Hope you all have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.